All right, so I've been thinking a lot about healing, health, uh, death, resurrection, and I know that we've got an episode coming up about that, right? So I was thinking about um, hit points and how they don't make sense. I bitched about this on a previous episode, right? About what the fuck is a hit point. Right. So bear with me on this. AC is your armor class or how well you dodge. It's not about how well you weather the hit, right? What if your hit points, instead of me... Rolling damage dice. So here, here we go. We're we're in initiative. I'm the I'm playing the monster. I'm the DM. I roll. I hit them. Instead of me rolling three d eight to tell you how well I hit you, you roll three d eight, and you determine how well you are able to weather it. Your body can only weather it so well, and when you hit zero hit points, down you go. It keeps people in the game, and not only do you want to roll high damage for yourself, but you want to roll low damage for the monsters, and it keeps everybody else around the table. But you're not rolling damage for yourself anymore. No, no, no. You, the player, are rolling damage to hit me, to hit the monster, to see how hard you're hitting, but you're also rolling damage to see how well you're weathering the monster's hits. So, the, the damage dice that I'm rolling, say, for example, a goblin hits you with the crossbow, and it does 1d8 damage, okay? Instead of me rolling the 1d8 to tell you, you take 4 damage, then we know you get hit by the crossbow. You flinch, you duck, you move, it hits you anyway, but you are able to put your shoulder up, or, or spin just a little bit and take it in the hip, or whatever, so it's not like a, like a core center wound, so roll the damage and see how much you take take that uh, it accomplishes the exact same thing that you're doing with uh with you rolling the dice anyways right it's just it's i knew forcing the players to be descriptive with what they want to happen right it's making the people role play in combat it's also making the uh keeping everyone around the table more engaged when it's not their turn and it's allowing the dungeon master to focus more on other things besides rolling and doing math. I, I think it gives too much information to the players. That's that. Uh, that's my opinion of it. Like, About the dice that are being... Yeah, because uh, if you they are rolling uh, 1d8 and say they roll a 4, right? They're rolling average on the dice. They roll a 4 or 5. Sure. Um, and then you go, okay, take 12 points of damage because you have the addition on the back. No, no you, tell them, you tell them outright. Roll 1d8 plus 8. Okay. You are telling them what the mechanical strength of the creature is with uh, just by the nature of this movement. Whereas otherwise, you could just be like, you take this much damage. And they have to figure out why. And How about alternative here? Because I see where you're going with this, Dan. How about you roll a d6 to see whereabouts in your body it hits you? Left leg, right leg, left arm, right arm, center of mass, or your head. And there is a cap on how much damage you can take to your head compared to your center of mass, compared to your left arm. I've seen this in other game systems, and the problem is that when you take that max damage to the head, for example, I have 115 hit points, but only have 30 on my head because it's one-sixth. So the bad guy's always aiming for the head. So you really only have 30 yeah. hit points. The second you start segmenting uh, hit boxes for player like it, extremities is the second that your players will also start targeting and like having no having you like, roll, no the D six. If you roll a one, it's your the shot hits your head. If you roll a five, it hits your right leg. Yeah, but then you're gonna have to bring in uh, other little things. Uh, or you would like the natural progression of that is you would bring in rules that would help you influence that role in some way shape or form so like so that it's not random like if you 
are saying, like, I swing my sword for them, and then you roll a three, so you hit their left leg. But your character's always been established as being right-handed, and somehow swinging no. overhand... No, but doesn't this lead to leg. description? For, because when people fight, it's not back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, the last attack was blocked, so naturally that makes me swing to back fist on your left leg, for yeah. example. Back fist is a good name of a metal band. It is. But... But no, no. I have one more contention. All right, what's your contention? As a uh, Warhammer 40k player of orcs, I have noticed um, that there is a certain thing in the game uh, with the flow of the game and how many times you have to roll a dice. With orcs, there's a lot of additional little rules in the game in the Warhammer rule set that makes you roll and then re-roll and then re-roll your re-roll and you end up just taking time at the table doing meaningless rolls and a lot of people have problems with orcs because they're fielding these massive squads of guys running over and they're doing all of these rolls of dice right um, and it just takes up time to throw the polyhedrals across the table right I adding in another time. dice nope roll your d20 your d6 at the same time okay. 19 against the left arm okay um, your d20 and d6 at the same time sure if you are rolling your Damage dice anywhere near the same time. You're well, gonna, no, you but then there's no extra the rolls. I'm just rolling. I'm playing devil's advocate more than anything else. Yeah, here, okay. Like I think that you are inherently going to have things like that is going to uh, start to get into issues when you deal with trolls who can lose limbs, mm-hmm. and that then the limbs can be independent of themselves, or you're getting in the way of people being able to climb up onto larger creatures, which is a variant rule. Right. So I think that it's I think that's a little iffy. I like the idea of the players rolling the damage against them, right? Because Dan, if I punch you in the face and you see it coming, then don't you flinch? Don't, yeah, don't you inherently good. like try to either get your chin out of the way or get your shoulder up or something. And so you are mitigating the incoming damage. The incoming damage is technically max. It's 3d8 plus 8, which means it's 32 damage coming at you. You roll the dice to tell me how much you actually take. You're more involved. The only thing that's changed is the person that is describing what's happening and rolling the dice. And we're not adding any extra steps. So... I, I no, I, I I still don't like it. Is that it's, just because you like the old school version of? Well, no, because the, the I like the new school version of D and D where it's simplified. This adds complication. I'm okay. This this is you giving your players uh, agency over your monsters in some way, shape, or form by describing how their character takes the hit. And you see, and you see, this is the difference between my style of DMing and yours, because, or rather, my style of D and D and yours is you think tactically, and you know that the people sitting around your table on the games that you play that I'm not involved in, they all sit there and go, "Oh shit, what's that math?" Okay, well, hold a on. lot of tables are going to say like, and like, yeah, there's there's I'm, multiple ways to play this game. Some people play D and D to be a tabletop tactics game, sure, and that's fine. If okay. that's what you want to do, that's that's you. Other people play the game to be the superhero. Even if they're playing a role-playing focused character and a role-playing focused campaign, they want to play the superhero. The superhero is going to break the math. That's that's what they're. I there don't to see do. a problem. I don't see a problem with them knowing what the modifiers are. If a giant swings down and hits me with the club, that is a big ass arm with a big fucking bicep, and he's going to smoke me with it. I know that. 
I know it's going to hurt, and I know that that's going to be more damage than a goblin doing the exact same attack because they're different sizes, and they obviously have different strengths. And the difference between a 23 and a 25 doesn't matter. And we don't have a whole lot of debuff spells and stuff in 5th Ed, so I don't think that there's a big impact on that. I really don't. The only thing that you are going to understand is either the strength or the dexterity used depending on the monster. Or or the attack. And that's the only information that you would get, and I don't think that's an issue. What would you do if you are running rogue-type characters with sneak attack, then? Are you still rolling the damage? If it's a surprise round, you and then out of the blue, does a 17 hit? Yes. You take 8 damage. But when you're in combat and you can see the enemy, this makes the hide mechanic more important. This makes stealth more important. This makes all of these good going invisible and whatnot. This is more fun, and I think it keeps the players engaged more when it's not their turn. And thinking about my problem, the defensive side of the game. Everything in battle is offensive. Very rarely does it become defensive. And how many times around a table, and I witnessed this on the weekend, did somebody go unconscious and everyone goes, oh, fuck, because now they have to change how they're thinking. But if you're already encouraging defensive gameplay and defensive language, then isn't that going to make the game a little bit more solid? Yeah, no, I see where you're coming with it. Um, it is really just descriptive flavor. It is descriptive else. flavor, and that's 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 all it is. And I, I, am, I am more in the camp where you just... you actively encourage, and I guess this would be one way to do it, uh, but you actively encourage your players to understand that this is a game where death is a very real possibility, and thus they should probably be think, uh, thinking more than just, what spell am I going to throw at that thing next round? Yeah. Right? Like, encourage your players to think more defensively, because if your players, and players, if you're listening to this, do this. Like, think more defensively, because you can engage when you're a defensive thinking player you will engage with your environment of whatever combat scenario you're in more because you're thinking defensively yeah the the other thing that i would just say to argue on this is when you are rolling dice and you are on the attack and you go okay i hope my d20 is high enough to hit and please do as close to maximum damage as possible. But then when you are on the defensive, when it's my turn and I'm attacking you, you just have to sit there passively and hope to God that your character sheet is good enough. Instead of me saying, here's the dice in your hands, you roll it. And the other thing too is in a deadly campaign, if you roll 3d8 plus 8 and you end up with 32, you roll max damage, you can't be mad at me, the dungeon master. Your dice betrayed you. And there's a shift. This gets you away from adversarial DMing as well, right? Because uh, yes and no, because the DM is telling you still roll 3d8. <laughs> right, but, but it's a whole lot different than you looking up from behind your screen and going, how many hit points do you have? Oh, I'm sorry. You're unconscious and making death saves. Everyone, the paladin is down and making death saves. There's, there's something very different. There's a different feel in that. I right? see what you're saying here, Adam, is that you can almost switch it so that you're kind of seeming like you're on their side as yeah. well. Okay, roll 3d8. At roll low. Yeah. Don't die. Oh, you killed yourself. You know? <laughs> exactly. So speaking speaking of people dying, Terry, you had a different cold open and I totally hijacked. Oh it. yeah, absolutely. No, that's totally fine. Um, my question was going to be so I'll open with just kind of the, the premise and explaining what I'm thinking. So we all know that the only reason we don't kill people is because it's illegal. And so based on that logic, 
I want to know. You guys have both started staring off into space. Wait a minute. Hold on. You don't... You you No, no. I don't kill people because I'm a good person. I don't kill people because I'm Batman. (laughs) Adam is Batman. (laughs) Seriously, Batman should have killed hundreds of people the way he takes people down. But... The only yeah. thing stopping you from killing someone is the yeah. Legality well, that's what I want to open with is the not deal. the morality of it, but the legality of huh? it. What? What? <laughs> I don't. I'm pretty no. sure that morality is an optional rule set. Then, hey, there was a girl in my school named Morality, I think, or Charity, or something. Anyway, but point I, is, I know a girl her name was Chastity until it wasn't. <laughs> it's a stripper name. Because yeah. oh, that's the best. <laughs> All right, all right. Okay, hold on. Write in. Tell us your favorite ironic stripper name. Oh, my God. Tell, right, oh, it's and, candy with an eye. It's always us, candy oh, that, with an that's eye. That's not ironic. Oh, or comment, DM, whatever. Tell us the best stripper name you ever heard. It's got to be a real one, okay? Her name was not Cinnamon. Um, if the purge was real, how would you survive slash what would you do? Dan, go. You go first. Oh, if the purge was real, what would I do? You'd come over to my house and hide. No. Uh, I freaking love the Purge movies, and they're so bad. But I've seen oh, every one of them. They're so good, but they're so shit. They're good. They're yeah, full yeah, 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 yeah. But I like the Election Day one. Why is this political now? I don't even care. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. I've seen them all in theaters. I'm excited. The fourth one's coming. So, so yeah. good. Fifth no, one. I, the TV I, show is good. The series. There's a show. Yeah. I don't. On, uh, I don't have cable. I don't watch television. So it's, it's on uh, Crave. Is Crave in Canada? Do they have? Do they have Crave in Canada? Do they have Crave? No, is Crave in the US? I mean, what do they have? I think Crave. Crave partners with HBO. Hula hoop or something. It's something. Like that. What do they have it's Hulu. It's Hulu. Hulu is the thing they have down no, there. That we don't Hulu have is like a, like a Mike's Hard Lemonade type drink, I think. I'm pretty sure I that Hulu, Hulu is some sort of African warrior. No, Hulu is a child <laughs> game. No, uh, no. Um, San Hulu was on Star Wars. That's... <laughs> No, that's Zulu. Zulu, we're not doing this bit again. <laughs> Adam almost lost okay. his mind when it's we did on, the Star Wars okay, bit. Okay, point is, it's on Crave in Canada. It's on Hula Hoop in the U.S. Uh, it's probably in the U.K. Okay, but, but answer the question, Dan. How would you live? How would you survive? Oh, what would you do? Oh, I'd go on the offensive. There's a list. You can do air quotes if you wanted to seem like it's... Sorry, sorry. I innocently say, there's a list. There's a list? Am I yeah. on, I'm on the list, aren't I? You, you're you're uh, on and off of it. <laughs> Remember the day after the purge, we would probably have to record a podcast, so it would be your best interest to keep Adam alive. <laughs> yeah, remember how we had the little discussion beforehand? It's like, we need to build a buffer? Yeah, we should do that soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Terry, how'd you do it? Uh, what would I do? You obviously been fantasizing about this for weeks. Well, here's the thing, right? Is I'm the person who does. I don't watch the purge going, "Oh my god, this is so scary! I can't believe they're doing that." I watch the purge going, "That is strategically unbelievable bullshit." How Thank the you. fuck do you expect Thank to survive? You. Yeah. Walking no. around. Yes, your little dresses are cute, and I love the scary masks, and I like your car with the LEDs on and stuff. But you're gonna get blown up at some point because everybody can see you coming. A little bit more strategy, I think. I'm yeah. amazed there are not more snipers in those movies, right? Well, uh, see, you know, I also, that's the problem. With me is I like to get up close and personal. I know I'd be using a knife or choking people. So what I would do is, and then on the night of the purge, what would you do? <laughs> no, I, I I would want to survive more than anything else. So I, I'd want to get up into a high rise, up say twenty floors, where if someone has climbed all the way up there just to kill me, they deserve it. Well, there's elevators and stuff. Well, you got the power. Like the the idea is that. 
okay, on the night of the purge, you head into the woods, right? Like you guys got you bitches got to come find me. Yeah. Right? What is this? Twelve hours? Is that right? 24. Twelve hours? No, it's no, twelve. It's twelve. It's twelve. It's just. I've only seen one Dan ever again after the bullshit he gave us with the whole uh, Bell's uncle slash dad thing. Hey, I, I I put out a formal apology. Yeah, I put. Out I was getting DMs, apology. people telling me yeah, the right too. answer, which I'm the worst person to send those to because I'm just replying going, I don't give a fuck about your opinions, people. Like, yeah, talk to me whatever, but it's like when people nerd out and start ranting at me, I'm literally like, I didn't read it. Okay, bye. I don't even know what your opinion is. Okay, so hold on. I'm going to ask though. Everything's legal in the purge, right? Yeah. What There's I'm... only certain levels of like government employees or something you can't kill. Right. So I don't understand why everyone is taking to the streets to murder everyone and get rid of the rage inside. You want to know what's going to make my rage decrease over the next year? Having all the fucking money. And I'm not going to a bank and robbing it because you know the bank manager's there with a shotgun. Yeah. I'm just going to spend a year learning how to hack. Yeah. That's it. That's all I need. And then I will survive that purge. And then the next year, I'm going to get a generator with the mobile cell tower. And then and I'm going to gear up for a year. Yeah. I'm going to eat rice in the bottom of like a, a bunker um, and just be broke and poor and have one pair of jeans. And I'm just going to essentially live the life I'm living now. And then I'm going to... <laughs> But, but I'm going to put all of my resources, instead of into D&D minis, I'm going to put them into into hacking equipment. And then I'm just going to, I don't know, rob the stock exchange, Wall Street, right? Uh, let's some sort of... Well, it wasn't a cough, Dan. No, what it was a cease. You, know, you haven't coughed in the last couple episodes because you've been off work? Um, I have coughed in the last episode quite a bit. Oh, was it? Last episode, I coughed quite a lot. You're terrible. You're a terrible person. But I also went back to work for a day. So, um, no, but but that that's my answer right there is I'm going to steal all the money. And then you know what I'm going to do? On the following year, I'm going to go on my fucking yacht <laughs> yeah. so that nobody comes to kill me. It's a four-year plan, yeah. and it requires me to, to be, you know. Of course you've planned your purchase for the next four years. Everybody else has just planned the survival of one. Everyone else is shopping on a five-year plan for the purchase. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Quite often I'm out in English Bay. Uh, well, I'm not often out in English Bay. I would love to be out in English Bay. But the overlook uh, Vancouver it's, people. It's Canadian Bay, Terry. You oh, sorry. I'm out in British Bay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's in British Columbia, though, yeah. so we'll take that. All right. Uh, looking out at the cargo ships, and I'm like, that's where I'd go. Zombie apocalypse, purge. I'd be out there. Because not actually that many people on them, alone from watching that uh, Captain Phillips movie. So. Well, oh, are there, are there, can zombies walk across the bottom of the ocean? Yeah, but then they're at the bottom, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. Islands are not shaped like mushrooms. They can walk up the other side. Can they really? Like, that's my, that's my comment here. I've got a 245 page, uh, zombie apocalypse plan that I now need to rewrite thank you I feel like the night before I'm uh, defending my thesis you're like, I'm like fuck wait wait what's happening tomorrow <laughs> what's happening <laughs> oh okay team hey where's my player's handbook Dan thanks Dude, right. you moved it behind you. Okay, so, so, so the point is, in order to be the best fighter possible, Dan has decided to just walk up a building and cut the power. Yep. Terry is. What, what did you say your answer was? You're going to, to, to how it survive? Oh, I'd use a little bit more uh, stealth and strategy, but ultimately, I will be getting close to people and either choking them. I or, feel like you really liked the Manhunter and mm-hmm. or the, the Manhunt and the Hitman video game series. Yeah, where you're in there with like a garrote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and my answer was to hide, smell their breath, and and you want to smell the breath of a dying person? You uh, I was going to carefully select my. They're not even victims; so it's not illegal. I'm going to carefully select my participants. So, <laughs> oh, what, Dan? They're not victims; it's not illegal; it's the purge. 
No, they're still they're victims. Tributes. They're still victims. How are they victims? It's not illegal. I'm gonna You're sit still back victimizing the... I'm going to sit back with the audience in a, in a bucket of popcorn and watch you. No, I'm, uh, no, I'm no. exercising my constitutional right, Dan. Okay, <laughs> It's a Canadian constitution. All you get is an Canadian. axe and a beaver and a jar of maple <laughs> syrup. That is our constitution. Do we have one? Yeah, no, the, the Persian Canada is just like a series of MacGyvering how just to kill somebody. <laughs> just like you're only, allowed, you're only allowed to kill somebody by like throwing together like rope, a paper clip, and no. an axe. No, just no, no. people jaywalking all over the place. <laughs> then in the back of the you don't have to apologize for 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to apologize. you just walking past people after minor inco- minorly inconveniencing them. And then you just hear it in the background. Somebody goes, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> That's so... <laughs> I, saw, I saw this video uh, today of this like dance troupe doing their little thing. Like they're, they're practicing a dance in front of a camera, but they're in like a mall. And this old lady just walks straight through the middle oh of them. Oh my No God. fucks given. Not a word was said. And then the Did other people guys- are just turning and looking at me like, what the... Did you guys see the video of the of the uh, the guy that was it was an armed robbery in the bar and there's a guy a drunk guy at the bar who's just like fuck off yeah he like lights a cigarette yeah he's just lighting a cigarette and smoking the guy's got a shotgun in his face he's like fuck off and he like swats it out of his cigarette in Canada uh, no, no this is in like uh, uh, Poland it's like yeah and, the, and there's another guy who's like hit the deck in the background and the guy sitting at the bar is just like dude get up dude. <laughs> That's that post-Cold War mentality, man. That's it. Nothing scares them anymore. No. When you've been that deep into hell, that's it. I, I read the article on that. Sp- hold on. No, post-communism, no. sorry. Speaking of hell, wrong. let's start this episode. Okay, what's your article, Dan? <laughs> okay, so the article on that. <laughs> he the powered, robber, ladies and gentlemen, he powered. robbed absolutely everybody in that bar except the dude who was just like, oh, fuck off. Well, he, he even tried to grab his wallet. Phone. The guy's like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, he tried to grab his cell phone. He's like, fuck off. And he went back to playing on his cell phone. Like, it was blatantly in his hands. He's like, no, go away. Love it. I, love I think it. I think that's how I would get through the purges. I would literally just walk down the street doing my regular stuff and be like, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't you want last word. You want last word. Oh, okay. If, if you just walk in like you mean it, everyone will leave you alone, Exactly. Right? Okay, let me consult my notes. Seamless segue. So, fighters. We're discussing fighters today. <laughs> you put you've asterisk next to seamless segue. Yeah, it was. I was not supposed to say that. No, I was glad you didn't say semen segue. <laughs> Again, that sounds messy. Hey, actually, <laughs> it's a drive-by shooting. <laughs> speaking of the, speaking of the merch. <laughs> That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Just ride around on a Segway, busting nuts all over Vancouver. I busted caps, Carrie's busting nuts. <laughs> but like on a Segway, so you're going five miles an hour. Hey, ah, hey that's just dangerous. Ah, that's just dangerous anyway, because I've been on one of those Segways. You can't control them if you only got one hand on, so and then you start spinning. Uh, you then you start just, spinning, then you just shoot it off. You use those little death machines, those hoverboard things where you could just stand up straight, you're fine. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a mimic. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. I was going to call you... Okay, this honestly just no. This honestly just happened in my mind. I was going to call you a swear, a swear word, but I went through all of the British ones in my head that you're not allowed to say in Canada. <laughs> went through the C word, then I went through the T word, and then I was like, I ran out of them because we can't say it. Okay. Team, we're going to talk about fighters. Is and that I, really as bad as other things? I'm so glad you said it the correct way, and you didn't say... Twat. 
Dan. He just said that twice in 10 seconds. What are you doing? What are you doing? There's what are you doing? Listen to this. I couldn't yeah. believe They're you very that. sensitive. Yeah, but then we could say Fanny and all of a sudden we're... Uh, Don't ending. say vagina on my <laughs> podcast. Are you afraid of them? <laughs> it's starting to be. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, team. Can we talk about fighters? I'm so excited about this one. I've been waiting this episode for a long time. I had to get through fucking druids before I could talk about fighters. What was the other one I don't like? I don't even know the name. Uh, we've done druids. We've done warlocks at this point. We've done rogues. Okay. Well, I want to talk about fighters. Okay. So, fighters, archetypes, and the classics. We're thinking, of course, you have your, like, your heavily armored sort of fantasy knights, or you might have like your... like. I would say I would argue swashbuckler type is like fighter as well or you may have like swashbucklers you, are definitively rogue yeah they're 100% rogue they're actually a rogue subclass yeah I know that's what I'm saying I'm, I understand that Dan. okay sorry but what I'm telling you is my argument is that they are fighters if you are fencing on a ship you're a fighter according to me why wouldn't you be why would it anyway we can get into that later on but let's go through the the traits the abilities all of the strength and decks and saves and all that sort of stuff we'll get through the all of the math things that i don't enjoy and then we can start talking about the creative stuff that i do enjoy okay let's so do it. fighters team we'll talk about class features so they have a they have a 1d10 uh hit die per fighter level um d10 because they're more of a martial class i think we'd all agree that that's probably fair Right? Yeah, because they don't have the access to spells and stuff most of the time. Well, it's just them, paladins, rangers, and barbarians that have more than the D, the D8, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, their proficiencies, uh, proficient with all armor and they're proficient with shields. Makes sense. They're martial fighters. Uh, weapons are simple weapons, martial weapons. Tools they have no proficiency in. Saving throws are strength and constitution. And they get to choose two skills. Anything? Uh, uh, Dan, are you listening? Yes, I am. Okay. They have two skills. Anything from acrobatics, animal handling, athletics, history, insight, intimidation, perception, and survival. Uh, equipment. Their starting equipment is... I'm not going to go through it all. There's things like chainmail, leather armor. They can choose a weapon or shield. Two martial they're, weapons. They're clearly like martial fighters, yeah, right? This, like, yeah, absolutely. And um, Think of your traditional knight. You got a fighter. I know. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm rushing through this because I want to get to the fighting styles. And I want to talk a little bit more about fighting styles. So at first level, they get to choose their fighting style. Um, I think you need to be very strategic with your fighters from the get-go. Mm-hmm. This isn't something where you can kind of get a few levels in and be like, what kind of what kind of wizard do I want to be? And kind of build it from there. You have to know your your fighting style is in you know the uh, the um, the technical part here, fighting style. But your fighting style is in what is your strategy and your battle tactics going to be? Because you can choose anything from uh, from the archery fighting style, where you get plus two bonus to attack goals you make with ranged weapon, defense, dueling, great weapon fighting, protection, two weapon fighting. These are all very different styles of fighting. Uh, defense, for example, um, you get a plus one to your AC. Um, if you're going to use two weapon fighting, that means you know you're not going to be using a shield. You're relying. You're basically um, sentencing yourself to have to rely on both weapons, and so you're going to have to be sure that you're you're sure about how you're going to do that. Great weapon fighting. You're basically telling yourself that you're going to be using large two-handed weapons for the remainder of the time playing the game, and so I only use a large two-handed weapon. <laughs> I've waited this entire time to say that. <laughs> that you were waiting for me to get to great weapon fighting. So no, I, I've been waiting since the Meet the DMs episode to, make <laughs> to, to say this. Yeah, and you think that outdoes the semen segue that we just did? Yeah, no, I, that, that's the last thing on my bucket list. I quit. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> uh, but my point is, from the very beginning, you need to be planning your strategy and tactics 
Do you guys see that a little bit differently? Am I out to lunch on that? Or do you think you can have a little bit of a... The bonuses from your fighting style are good. They're helpful, but they're not crippling either way. So if you are a fighter who has taken uh, dueling as your fighting style, which I'd like to comment, fighters get the most options in the fighting style uh, comparatively to other classes that also get fighting styles. My God, it sounds like it's right in the name fighting style. Right. Right. So it's right there, but uh, you go into like Paladin, and Paladin only gets uh, archery, dueling, protection. Like they don't get two weapon fighting. They don't get uh, a different one. Like yeah. they, they they don't I get would the like same to list. See a Paladin with two weapon fighting because that would be Paladin I would play. There's there's a lot of really good decks build uh, Paladins out there, but yeah. regardless, you get more options uh, with the fighter than anything else, um, and they're good. But they're nothing really to rest your hat on. Like, you get plus one AC if you're wearing armor, if you go defensive. Or uh, you get uh, plus two to your attack rolls with archer with your uh, archery, which is fan-friggin-tastic. That's pretty... Uh, it's plus right? two is enough. Plus know? two is enough. Uh, but, like, uh, comparatively I, amongst themselves... Can I just say, of, look, yeah, plus two for your archery, in my opinion, is as equal, if not better... Uh, than uh, than the great weapon fighting, great weapon fighting is big and everybody loves it because you get to reroll your ones and twos, right? But mm-hmm. plus two on a d twenty, that's ten percent, guys. You yeah. have an increase of a ten percent yep. to hit on a die. Yeah. That's massive. That's bigger than the plus one AC, which is technically a five percent, right? So fighters, uh, this tells me that they want you to be on the offensive as a fighter. Yeah. So I mean, I do like defense. I do. I don't understand what the point of dueling is. I don't understand what the point of two weapon fighting is, um, because I want to be a tank if I'm playing fighter. I, but uh, that's me. I'm never a yeah, fighter. When, I never when, when you are taking things like dueling, when you're taking things like defense, when you're taking things like uh, two weapon fighting, you're dipping and and protection. You're dipping into fighter. You're not going full bar. Okay, mm-hmm. right, no, I'll tell you why later on. I hear what you're saying, but we won't especially, do it right now. But. Especially the dueling one. Where you have to have one hand free. It can't have... Uh, I mean, you can have a shield in it. That's fine. But uh, it doesn't limit you from having a shield. It just limits you from having a melee weapon um, in your other hand. Uh, yeah. And no uh, yeah, other but, weapons. But, you know, unless you're going two-weapon fighting, you wouldn't anyway. So there's a good argument for dueling. But I like two-weapon I, I, I like I just, dueling for your uh, gish type character yeah. your your look I, I don't play fighters I don't play martial characters I play sneaks I play charisma I play spellcasters yeah. right? so if I'm going to be a fighter I want to be the tank and dueling doesn't make sense to yeah. me I want to be defensive or great weapon fighting I've, or archery I've played a protection fighter and it is great you know so anytime protection's fantastic it, it is but then what you're doing is you're forever spending the rest of your D&D game trying to put yourself within five feet of every party member because that is becomes air quotes your job to do that to protect them you could not do that but they're like hey protection fighter I, I, I stand feel, next to me I feel like that's great for paladins who have got a, doing their aura thing anyway yeah right but anyway the okay. only other thing about protection that bothers me is it it uses your reaction to do it so you're dropping this every round but that means you are fairly your enemies can be fairly confident that that is what you will be doing every turn yeah and as a DM like I don't know. I'm moving in and out of your threat it, it, range it, with impunity. It gives you the opportunity to have a different option to, I think, protect the wizard when they're low on hit points. I wouldn't be using it as a reaction. I'm taking the sentinel feet. I'm jumping the gun on this. But I'm taking the sentinel feet so that my reaction really hurts you. Yeah. Right? And so, that I look, 
there are not enough options for reactions across the classes. Rogues get a shit ton, and a couple others, like some clerics do. They get a, a lot of different options with uh, some of the spells and whatnot, but I don't know, I like having more options for a fighter to do martial reactions. Yeah. So, I don't know, I kind of like protection, but I think it's circumstantial. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about it is, you don't you get more than one of these as you level through through fighter fighting stuff I don't I don't remember actually that happening where I played a fight no I, I think you you start to lean on your feet more no your fight is that what it is uh, uh, the only time you get another fighting is if you dip into paladin or ranger okay is that what it is different, yeah okay, okay. like uh, I, I have a character that has multiple fighting styles and it's because he's a he's a fighter paladin okay okay well let's move on anyway so um, let's move on to second wind so second wind is you have a limited well of stamina that you can draw on to protect yourself from harm on your turn you can use a bonus action to regain hit points equal to one d10 plus your fighter level once you use this feature you must finish a short or long rest before you can use it again what are your opinions on second wind like it horribly underused and at later levels under powerful i don't know having the guaranteed fighter level or uh, as a part of that it's not based on a modifier uh, like an ability modifier so me being level 12 being able to get a minimum of 13 hit points back when my when my hit point maximum is probably about 160 that's like an eight percent minimum boost maybe a 10 percent. i think that's useful enough to you're in trouble the party's in trouble you need to get the rogue who's been knocked out out of combat i second wind i run in i grab him and i get the fuck out right when like, do you use it when you're low hit points half hit points to top them back up after a couple hits i'm saving this to really start considering it for a third hit points yeah and i'll and that's what i switched to because when i first started playing D, i did it like oh shit i'm running low i'm like five hit points left i'll do second wind then realized Adding, say, 13 hit points at that point is only taking me up to less than 20 anyway. The next hit is still going to take me out. So, Dan, I hear what you're saying in that massively underused in lower levels when you can essentially double your hit points or add 50% of your hit points back. But at higher levels... It's, it's underpowered. Yeah. When you're getting up to level 17, the the enemy doesn't give a fuck if you're adding 15 hit points back or whatever. Yeah, I, I currently have a level 17... Uh, he's multi-class, but he's basically a level 11 fighter. But he's a level 17 character. I haven't used Second Wind in ages on that guy. Well, I also need to say that you spend the majority of your time face down in the dirt with that guy as well, so... <laughs> maybe, maybe you need to. Maybe well, those are, those are crit tables more than anything else. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, you're right. That's because we run crit tables, but also the fact that I think, Dan, you're saying you're level 17. Nobody's hitting you for 12 hit points anymore. No, they're they're hitting you. 40. Yeah, yeah. so which like, is, it's... it. It, it's not powerful enough in later levels. Which, which is why I say keep use it when you get to a third of your hit points left so you have a two-round plan to get out. Yeah, and, and also... Other, oh, sorry. Sorry, Dan, I was going to say we're so Canadian. Also, at, at, at that point, if you can use a bonus act... A bonus action to... A bonus action. A bonus action. Now we're Sean Connery. If you can use a bonus action... <laughs> also not a bonus shag. Bonus action, we call it surprise sex in my country, but whatever. Um, to, that you'd just be chugging a health potion at that point. You know, but it, chugging a health potion is going to use up your whole turn and isn't a second... Well, it depends what rules you do, but we do... Taking it is bonus action, I believe. No, drawing it is bonus action, quaffing it is an action. Oh. Yeah, and a lot of people have homeruled that because that's a bit ridiculous. That's not but, ridiculous. I think it, a bonus action to draw anything out of your backpack is ridiculous because it's not enough. You should spend your six seconds taking your backpack off 
digging through. Let me load up a backpack full of shit and say, here you go, Dan, strap this to your back, both straps around your shoulders, and now get the thing from the bottom of the backpack in less than six seconds. I think yeah, that's when you have a belt pack. From what I remember playing your game, is you said we had to be very clear on where it was and whether or not the person knew. I remember Erin at the Wood Elf Ranger we had had uh, some sort of magic item in her hair. Yeah. And she was like, just so everybody knows, if you ever need this, it is in my hair, on my head, on the left side. Like, yeah. and, and this health potion is in my left pocket. And that's what I want. But I, like, I'm big on, on immersion, right? Yeah. So I want people to have on their character sheet where each item is so that if I steal your backpack, we know what's gone missing. Yeah. If, we, if you, you look down and your belt pouch is gone missing in the marketplace because the thieves took it, what was on your belt? What post. was on your yeah. belt? Post, oh, you, right, when you so. roll those, um, you know, it's, you lose something. And it's like it's up to the DM to decide. Well, you were very fair in that you would say, okay, well, it's these areas of the backpack or this, uh, these items on your list. We'll roll it. We'll see what it was. Tinderbox yeah. box or your magic dagger. The one thing about second wind that I do like is that it is regaining hit points. It's not temporary hit points. Yep. Um, there are a lot of abilities at this level that are temporary hit points that will go away. This will actually regain. This is Wolverine's healing ability. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's regeneration. Um, okay, let's talk about action surge. So starting at second level, uh, you can push yourself beyond normal limits. Um, essentially, you can decide to take your full turn again. You can no, take no, action. No, 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 wait. I'm going to say barring your movement, you fucking nerds. Calm no, down. No, no, no. It's your no. action, right? Yeah, but you don't get a bonus action. You don't, you don't get, get another bonus, bonus action. action. Guys, you got to let me finish my fucking sentences here. <laughs> no. I'm like, you get to Terry, take your Terry, I'm going to explain. Terry, Terry, <laughs> Terry, no, no, no. Terry. Well, actually. Actually. <laughs> Okay, you get to take your action again. I'm sorry I said the word turn and then didn't fix myself. What do we think about action surge? I mean, I would like... I would, oh, you know, fine. You I get another like action. action. Next. No, this is super powerful. This, the, I, I love this. I go in, I dip into Fighter 4 this. Um, if you're a caster, it's useful. If you're a uh, martial type, it's useful. There's There's... In no circumstance when action surge is not a fantastic ability. Anyways, you can I plan ahead, right? You can be I like before we get to an encounter. As an encounter starts, I'm already planning when I'm going to use my action surge. No. Uh, yeah. And at 17th level, you get two. Two. Right. But the only thing that I want to just be really clear about there is an asterisk. You get two, but you can't use them both on the same turn. Right. Yeah. All right. So that's a good point to note as well, actually. Yeah. So um, you can uh, also you cannot use your action search on someone else's turn. Right. It's not a reaction. You just get it on your turn. You can get a second action. So this is it's still very powerful. Yeah. But I remember when I first started playing fifth edition and we had fighters in the group. We had action surges giving entire turns, yeah. right? Or I'm going to have a secondary turn in initiative, and like we didn't really understand the the mechanics yeah. of it. And uh, I, as a DM, was like not going to flip through a player's handbook to look up a rule. I'm like, yeah, sure, go nuts. Yeah, I've learned. So, so. I, I do want to ask. It does say on your turn you could take one additional action on top of your regular action and a possible bonus action. Well, uh, bonus action is always possible because you don't necessarily have to do it. Yeah, I know, but. Um, Oh, you take one additional action on top of your regular action. Yeah, okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's not a dangle oh, modifier. Grammatically, yeah. it is yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Grammatically, you have, it is, you get this on top of these two things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear what you're saying. Okay, so the, the only thing, it, it's super powerful if you go deep into fighter because your attack action is what, four attacks? 
Yeah, when you get into the deep. When level, you get yeah. deep levels into fighter, and then you blow your action surge, and there you are as a fighter doing eight attacks in a round. Plus your bonus action with an offhand weapon if you've got light weapons There's going. Your nine attacks. Yeah, you got nine attacks in a round as a fighter. It's bonkers. Well, in a round, monks do you get that. In in a round, it makes sense. Technically, you get ten because you have your reaction if somebody moves outside of your threatened range. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, we're talking fighters, and I got a question. I, I legitimately don't know this rule; it just occurred to me. Okay, the threat- is this a test? No, no, no. The threatened range. If I'm running out of a threatened bow or crossbow range, do they get an attack of opportunity? No. It has to be a melee. Yes. Okay. Just curious. I didn't know that. Uh, I don't think it's ever come yes, up because again. you have to be within melee with that person, then leave the melee range. It specifically melee. says threatened range when I read it, but I don't remember if it said threatened melee or no. not. Uh, um, you take like Polar Master, which is another feat, will give you the ability to. I already am, but go beyond, uh, Will give you the ability to attack beyond that five foot radius around yourself. I already can, but go nuts. So. <sighs> No, I don't even. No, you you don't even need polar master to to. Well, no, that's that. like the only way to really do it. No, if, even Unless if you, you just have, have a glaive, way. if you just have a glaive. Yeah, if you got a weapon with reach. If they try and leave that ten feet, yeah. But not if they try to read the five feet. Only if they try to leave. That's that's true. The, the, the threatened melee. Yeah. Right, specifically. All right, just checking. That is true. Uh, okay, let's talk martial archetypes. Okay, we'll just well, go for the one. You got a subclass. <laughs> uh, we'll just talk once from the PHP. So, champion. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more later on. I think for the brand new players, champion fighter is probably the easiest class to go with. Not a whole lot of decisions to make. There's no spells to think about. I'm telling you right now, you're going to take a longsword until you get braver and try a spear or something like that. <laughs> you can have a shield if you want, and you crit on 19 or 20. Your responsibility is to hit things and not die. That's it. There you go. It, 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 you know, people will argue, maybe yell at their screen right now, or their whatever the fuck. No, power. there's a lot more you can there's do a lot with more to a champion. And, and I know, because give me 20 minutes, and I'll tell you what you can do as a champion fighter. But it's very simple. I will give simple. you 19. This is a very simple subclass. Champion fighters get additional fighting styles as well, but we'll talk about the, that. Okay, there we are. Oh, yeah. there it That's is. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Tenth level, they do. Okay, um, so martial archetypes, champion... Um, should we go all the way through these, do you think? Let's, no, let's, let's do it later. Let's do it later. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm moving on way too fast. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the ability score improvement you get at fourth level. So ability score improvements, every class does it. Um, you can increase something by two, or you can increase two ability scores of your choice by one. And You get this all the freaking time in as far yeah, you, you get it at fourth, uh, sixth, eighth, twelfth, fourteenth, sixteenth, and nineteenth. And if your DM will allow it, and I've never heard a good argument why not, this is where you can take a feat if you would like to. And as a fighter, this is where you need to be strategic. It's when selecting your feats. Now we're going to do a whole episode on feats, so we won't do a, a deep dive to choose Dan's words into it. All right, fine. Then what? What are your top three favorites, then, Terry? You're DMing this as, as a fighter, yeah. as a champion fighter, as a champion fighter. What are your top three favorite feats? Mobile, Sentinel, Charger, can or you... Charger slash Alert. You can do, interchange those. Oh, I've got a different. I've got a completely different. For, for champion, though. For champion, uh, mobile. Tell me something better. Sentinel is so powerful. Sentinel. Sentinel's ridiculous. Mobile is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I really like, uh, for a fighter, the flavor of Tavern Brawler is a fantastic... Depends on the, that the improvised weapon. That gives yeah. you improvised that, that, weapons, that unarmed on damage, of, and gives you a uh, look, stat increase. Low level look, campaign, yes. No, that's the kind of fighter. If you are a martial fighter learning to swing a sword, Game of Thrones style out in the courtyard, I'm not... A, 
Tavern probably doesn't make sense. If you are, you know, I grew up in the streets and I learned how to defend myself, then yes, Tavern Brawler makes a lot of sense. So I think, I would argue with you on that, that it depends on your backstory. I like the idea. It depends on your backstory. I like the idea of two-weapon fighting with broken bottles. <laughs> I also like... <laughs> but, but I'll agree, I think it's a fantastic feat for fighters, but I want it to make sense. Also, tough. You're a fighter. Boo. You're the tank. Boo. Just mechanically. Uh, no. Get your extra you're, points. You'll, you'll, never convince, you'll never take me away from mobile being my number one center. I'm oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, Two I'm, ability I'm, score improvements are way better than I, any. I don't want to... Once you get... Sorry, Dan. Go on. No, I, I don't want to poo-poo the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just I, talked about semen segue. You yeah, have to no, say poo poo. I, 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 I don't want to shit, shit. belittle the power that is Sentinel and Mobile. Ka-ka-ka. Don't get me wrong, they're amazing feats. I just don't think that tough is better than what what did you say? You said it was alertness, which I think is a fantastic feat. Yeah. And charger. Or, or charger, depending on what strategy you're Anyway, we're spending too much time on feats. Let's Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I was I was gonna say, uh real quick, medium armor master. Is fantastic as well as heavy armor master. Aren't you already You're proficient, already proficient with armors? No, no, heavy armor master and medium armor master are two completely different feats. They're not the ones that give you the proficiency in, in heavy armor or medium armor. They, if you have proficiency, they give you additional bonuses. Heavy armor gives you damage reduction, and as far as I could tell, it's one of the only sources you could get damage reduction in fifth edition. Hmm. And medium armor lets you increase your dex bonus when you have medium armor on, as well as a stat increase. So, like, it's... Uh, and, and medium armor doesn't impose disadvantage on stealth checks. That's okay. a big one. That's a big one. The disadvantage on stealth check. Yeah. So if you're walking around with a breastplate, your breastplate now gives you a 16 (laughs) to AC, I think. I think the breastplate is one of the handful that doesn't impose disadvantage. But let's let's say chain shirt. (laughs) Let's say chain (laughs) shirt. Stop saying breastplate and handful in the same thing. (laughs) Same sentence. So, but chain shirt. But now I'm just picturing, like, I'm so good at this that I can hold my shirt very still while I'm walking down the hallway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but this is what I'm talking about. We'll move on from feats in a second. Where... You have to be strategic with your character build from the very start. You okay? <laughs> oh, that was the wrong button. There we go. <laughs> You're gonna have to edit. Too it much. <laughs> oh my god. Still like, stop messing with the mic, Dad. Yeah. Okay, we're all good. Okay. Um, yes, you are. You are right, Terry. You you absolutely have to know where your fighter is going if you are planning to go twenty levels, or I would even say eight levels in fighter. If yeah. you're going to multiclass somewhere else, eight levels is something that you probably want to get a good handle on for fight. What, Dan? Uh, I, I you have played no, every I, character that has ever existed out to level thirty with and your multiclass. I'll tell you from experience, you do need to plan it because when I did my whole character rewrite in your game, where we had we had a, a situation in Adam's game where we were able to rewrite our characters for a legit reason. Um, I was so grateful for that because I, I just gone in like. I don't even know. That's cool. They I like just, this. this I like the, got to like level eight and I was like, what the fuck is my character? Yeah, it was all. No, I, I typically, I don't plan that far ahead with my characters. I really don't. Um, if you recall, when we were trying to figure out what's going on with Warlock, Rogue, Fighter, whenever I leveled, Warlock-y. I was only caring about the next level. I was never going too far in. Yeah. And I think... Fighter, right? I, I like to use all. my character's decisions during that level to influence where he goes the next level. If I may, I think that is the correct way to level. But I think the majority of people, especially new players, oh, well, plan should should learn to plan ahead. Yeah, because they will and they will have a better understanding when they're part way through their first, second, third run through this subclass. Even if you played three or four campaigns before, 
but you've played a sorcerer once and a warlock once and a fighter once and a monk once. Now you're going to play rogue. You should still plan ahead a little bit. If you've played rogue three times through, you probably don't need to. Yeah. You know where you're going. But by I figure by that time, you, you're more worried about role-playing your character and not role-playing your stats. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, anyway, that's yeah. Uh, that was my that was my point on that. I think that you're right, Dan. And with your experience, um, you do not plan ahead, and I think that's a good thing. I think that you are a better player for it with your experience, and you have grown as a player in the last couple of years that I've seen because you are not min maxing ahead as much as I accuse you of that all the time, all the fucking time. Yeah, keeps you loose in the campaign though, right? It so does, that you yeah. can um you can adjust along the way. You meet you meet this goddess, or you meet whatever, and so you decide to go paladin. As a grown-ass yeah. male, being able to adjust when I need to is very helpful. Okay. Was that a testicle reference? Jesus, no, Dan. No, man. He's just talking about being flexibility. Flexibility. I'm having a stroke, Terry? Are you okay? I am very Please good. Please stop stroking, Terry. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm very good at the podcast. <laughs> extra attacks. Yay. 5th, 11th, and 20th level is when you get your extra attacks. These, This is the most exciting time as a fighter. And do you know what? I would argue... This, this is when your balls drop. Yeah, you become a man. You, you become a man. The waiting until 5th level playing a fighter is... It's like waiting for Christmas that never comes. When you start as first level. Well, there are a lot of classes that get the extra attack as well, like ranger. Fucking and warlocks get it. Yeah, but get it earlier though, right? No, they no, no, they get everyone it. gets it at fifth. It's the other ones. Oh. It's the third attack that it's just. I like, remember thinking that playing along with a ranger, being excited about my second attack, and and uh, Aaron had had the extra attack, and I was like, well, what the fuck am I here for then? If you've already got two attacks and all this other bullshit? Because she was a couple levels ahead of you. Ah, uh, well, that's elves, isn't it? Fucking elves. Fucking elves, man. Do you know what? You'd probably shag an elf, though, wouldn't you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know what? Absolutely not. I'm in it for the dwarven bearded women. Really? They don't really have beards. Don't they? Well, maybe like a They've, they, they, they've at least got good, like, on the side of the face, you know... Uh, like, they got mutton chops you can hold on to? yeah. Oh, no, man, I, feel, I feel like they have at least the beard that Terry does. Why did I argue that they... <laughs> <laughs> Mine's a You'd make a very hey, good dwarven woman. Hey, you guys notice actually getting a lot better. Have you noticed it's getting a lot better? Yeah, I, I have noticed that. I, you don't need to pass in front of a light for me to see it now. I like to point out I shaved a week ago and I still have more of a beard than you do now. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been growing up that for what? No, months? man, I keep this at a trimmed level. I like, I, I like oh, this. Oh, Dan, you're at that uncomfortable, here. horrible, my face is Velcro level of beard. Oh, no, no, I, I'm just beyond that. Let me it's feel like velvet right now. I love it. Oh. It's weird when you guys stroke each other in front of me. Anyways, can we get back to fighters? Yeah, we can get back to fighters. We're just a circle. My beard's pretty good, though, guys. Actually, I'm pretty proud of it right now. I like to keep the sides trimmed anyway. I like to have Hollywood stubble. So let's stop talking about our faces on this audio medium. What's next, Terry? Indomitable, ninth level. Uh, You re-roll a saving throw that you fail. If you do so, you must use the new roll, and you can't use this feature again until you finish a long rest. Uh, You get it again at 13th level and 17th level. Indomitable. Thoughts on Indomitable, all right? Because I'm split on this one. The most forgettable class ability in the fucking game. Amen, brother. I don't say that very often. But, yeah, you're right. I forgot about Indomitable all All the the time. All the fucking time. I'm sitting there dying as a fighter. You wrote it in block capitals in Sharpie across Across the top of my character sheet and I still forgot it. Yeah, I remember because I used to to sit across the table from you seeing Indomitable (laughs) like in block capitals. Adam, Indomitable. Honestly, um, Indomitable, I think think it is actually. uh, um, Yeah, Indomitable. There's no N. 
Oh. Or D's, actually. It's indomitable. There is a D. <laughs> indomitable. This is up. your language, Terry. What the <laughs> I fuck you know what I'm talking about, do I? So, Sometimes I just go somewhere. I like. I just start arguing a point, and I'm not even sure if I'm correct. I just like <laughs> the argument. Yeah, I believe that. That's half my life. Um, I really like it. I like the fact that you get more uses of this later. I think it's very useful if you remember it. And I don't know why you two forget it. You're the only fighters in the entire fucking world Thanks, that man. never think about about this. Everybody else that I've ever known to play a fighter has relied on this shit. And you guys are just like, you know what? I'm all about my feats. I'm all about my extra attacks. You know what it is? It's because you weapons. get it. Your first dip into this is at level 9. And by then you have full... Like, you've committed so much into fighter. And even if you multiclass a little bit, you're done that. Now you're just dumping into... Do you uh, know what? Yeah, it's fighter. good. It's good, but it's, it's not... It's late. But, and it's, but it's also not exciting. No, you know when you're not. like, oh, you get like you level up, you're super excited. Oh, what do I get? And everyone's like, whatever, whatever. And you're like, oh, indomitable. We roll saves. Kick I'm, it. I'm gonna tell you. You say it's not exciting. When the rogue is taking zero damage, when everyone's huddled around the paladin taking half damage from the fire that's going off, and you're the fighter, the tank that's out in front of everybody else taking full damage. Fight after fight after fight, and now you have the opportunity to, to re-roll a to save. Re-roll a save. That's exciting to me. No, yeah, man, you're, right. you're using this for a charisma save more than you're going to use it for a uh, constitution save because you get con saves as a fighter, right? Like, uh, that's your... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Your proficiencies I'm, are. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm rolling it on a failed save. I when am, it yeah. matters. I'm, are you just... Your first failed save, you're throwing it? Or are you saving it for a really important failed save? I'm, I'm looking at how many dice the DM picks up. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm wait 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 oh, it's good on. it's good and we should be excited about it to be honest because yeah. it, it is very good a friend of mine once said to me a lot of years ago a second class shag is still better than a first class wank and what that means in this situation Dan every time I try and tell you something you drop your head as though you're ashamed that I've said it no I am just he asked. just called you a first class wank you should be proud I I, I am but my point I is, it's right. still better than getting nothing. Indomitable is really good, yeah, and we should use wrong. it more often. Wrong. And you get three times by 17th level, right? Like <laughs> that, and, and it recharges on a long rest. Reminder, a long rest. Um, so, like, it, it, you get by three the, a day. But Yeah, but by the time that you are doing, by the time you're 17th level, you're not doing dungeon crawls so much anymore you're doing boss battles after boss battle after boss battle right right you're not really hitting a whole lot of saves that are going to knock you down unless they're the big ass here's the lich here's the dragon you need that deck save right like this is why i like this so much yeah because when you are 17th level going up against the dragon and it's just recharging on that five six that breath weapon you are able to get out of the way once oh twice oh shit three times thank god i'd have been dead yeah. otherwise right like this, i really do like this this is a fun one are the fighters the bravest of characters well, one man's bravery is another man's stupidity, Terry. If you taught me anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember deliberately teaching you that, so. When you ran directly into the mouth of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> and you said, I'll do the brave thing before you did it. I learned that one man's bravery <laughs> is another man's stupidity. <laughs> In my defense, I was quickly hurled 30 feet back to where I started, so I did actually finish my turn where I started. I honestly debated whether or not to swallow you <laughs> you see look at Dan's face Adam, I didn't know how to take this. Adam you're not the first person this week to, to debate whether or not to swallow me Dan I was referring to semen when I said that 
I I followed. I followed. <laughs> those 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 are good segues. That was a semen segue. That was uh no. Was that too far? I, I, I tried to have some sort of like. Was that too far? M- like no, it was not too far. Should we? Uh, we, we have literally talked about need, spraying semen. We across need the, a like, list of words on the whiteboard, which is words that we're not allowed to say. I I am a shelter. Like I was raised a sheltered, conservative little Christian kid. Every single word. In this okay, well, we just lost me. half the audience. Please don't say sheltered, conservative Christian kid. And now nobody trusts us anymore. Oh, f- Let's they, try and go to bed. Yeah, well, we really we like guns. I I don't. Oh, but like fuck. I I just lie. Every second. single word. I know we don't. Concerns okay. me and then scares me. So that's just what it is. Okay. All right. I I'm I'm fine with that. Martial archetypes. Uh, champion. Hold up. Before, battle master. Sorry. Go on. Yeah, are we gonna roll dice in this section? Yeah. No. no yeah, okay. we're, at this section, we're, we're we don't need dice? to. Okay. Topic two. We will. I. Is there something specific you'd like to say? I just want to roll a die. Well, I miss it. It's you so missed, far away. You got a nat 20, but it's out of the box. It doesn't count. So come on. It's so far away. I still beat you. I knocked you down to a five. Is there something specific you'd like to say on Champion, Battlemasters, or Eldritch Knights? Lots, but let's wait until... Sure. Uh, guys, anything else before we go to a commercial and move on? Well, I love the fighter. Okay. I really do. Honestly, it's a great class to dip. It's a great class to play all the way. Through. Honestly, we've complained about barbarians. We complained about rogues. We complained about druids. Right? Strangely enough, fighter the most basic bitch of any class. It really Ooh. is. No, it really, it really is. is. Is the one that we're not complaining about, and I think that that's. Funny. I love fighters. Uh, and you know you stand that's what fighter. I said. Yeah. You know where to stand with a fighter, <laughs> right in front of them, getting hit. The the, the twenty year veteran of this game in me wants to bring up the fact that in previous editions, this ability score improvement has been translated to being feats, and they get feats far more often than the other classes do. Yeah. Um, to the point where they're just called feet horse rather than fight horse. Well, that's um, your fetish, right? Being it, a feed whore? Yeah, it is. And and there are far hey, more... Anyway, there's no feet. shame in that. You can make good money doing that. Yeah. Not yeah. me. But. Yeah. I'm not going to kink shame anybody. If you're if you're good with feats, you're good with feats. Feet? Feet. Feats. God damn it. <laughs> I, you're, uh, you're, fuck. fuck. <laughs> your abuse of the English language is what bothers me. We're episode, on episode 34. We can't speak fucking English on this podcast. God damn. Okay, we're going to go to a commercial. And whatever company this is... I'm really excited by it. Are you interested in advertising or becoming a sponsor on our show? Email us at info at itsamimic.com. Hey, hey, hold up, hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get back to the regular show, I, DM Dan, need to warn you loyal listeners about the impending cosmic horror on the horizon. It's September 2019, which means we're less than a month away from the Elder God Niarthotep breaking free from his arctic slumber and wreaking chaos and madness upon the world. Five unsuspecting citizens will enter Radiance Yukon before the sun sets for 37 days, but not all of them will survive to see it rise again. As darkness descends on the sleepy town of Radiance in the Canadian north and the baleful howl of unknown monsters carries far and wide on the frigid winter winds, Join me, Terry, Adam, and three others in an actual play series as we go back in time to 1922 and crack open the Call of Cthulhu 7th edition. There will be 10 episodes as we count down to Halloween, and I can promise you cultists bloodshed, body horror, murder, oppressive doom, and inappropriate laughter. Stay tuned for the end of September, when I, Daniel, the keeper of arcane secrets, use the most sinister of tabletop role-playing games to bring you the disturbing and twisted tale that I like to call the deep dark of radiance. Wow, what a great company, Dan. It's us. The company is us. What a great 
No, uh, you're not wrong. It's a great company. I fully well, support this company. It's not a great company. fucking nightmare. <laughs> we can't even speak goddamn English. <laughs> we, can't even, we can't even afford to play, pay ourselves. I speak American. We should do a Kickstarter to get a segue. I dislike where this is going. Yes. Okay. I'll put my pants back on. Sure. Yes, thank you. Would you rather have um, a segue with like a, that's kitted out to kind of look like the Batmobile or kind of kitted out to look like a Decepticon? Uh, neither. I would a Tron bike. No, 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 no. I want the flux capacitor on the front of it, guys. Mm. Why so? Mm. Yes, Dan? Come on. <laughs> so you could go back in time to have your semen segue? Dan? And you could semen segue across the arrows? That is inappropriate. Yeah. But would you rather get $10 million or a fully functioning Iron Man suit? Uh, oh, a fully functioning Iron Man suit. Yeah, I can rob many banks with that. I can get $10 million with <laughs> a fully functioning Iron Man suit. That's a good point. Okay. What are they going to do? EMP me? Oh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. If I have a fully functional Iron oh, wait, Man it, suit, I am going to actually like put the purge into practice. If, if I have a knife that I want. My question about a fully functioning Iron Man suit does come with fully functioning Iron Man weaknesses because then are they just going to dangle bottles of whiskey in front of you? Like what is... And, and Gwyneth Paltrow. And Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good legs. Good legs. And that's what uh, Anyway, topic two, guys. We each have a champion martial archetype that we're going to discuss. We're going to go through... Uh, uh, we have a fighter martial archetype. What did I say? Champion, champion. martial One of us has a champion and it's not me. It's me. That's why yeah, I said yeah. that word. Fighter martial archetype. Uh, spoiler, one of them's champion. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing uh, the ones out of the PHP. We're also doing, we're doing the ones out of the PHP. So that's Battlemaster, Eldritch Knight, and Champignon, which is a French for mushroom. So, I speak French. So, that's hilarious. Are you guys ready? Uh, I'm ready. But I, I guess roll. you just roll your die anyway. All right, yeah, you re-roll it. I got a worse number. You're a cock. Oh, you were at a 12 and I knocked us both to twos. Terry, you're going first. I'm going first. We, we got to reroll. Yeah, he goes next. Oh, yeah. Made the mistake of closing my book, though, didn't I? You guys were well, instructions, Jace. <laughs> I'm going because you missed the box. <laughs> no, I got to have a number. Well, you, I'd still be Fine, I went from going first to going last. What are you guys trying to figure out now? Who's the tallest gnome? Who's hey. the tallest gnome, guys? Hey. Is that you? Who's the tallest dwarf? No, it's I'm the tallest gnome. Yeah, okay. Dan's taller until we're lying down. Okay. <laughs> you gotta work on that stomach. Oh, <laughs> that, that, that was the joke, Dan, but thanks for telling everybody oh, on the internet, you fuck. This is why I bullied Dan. He is so mean to me when the microphone is off. Mm. He said, I'm not. I'm the nicest fucking guy here. Would you believe anybody that walked into a room and said, I'm the nicest guy here? That is a person you distrust. Do you know what? i tell you why I'm the nicest guy. Because you know where you stand with me, because I'll be honest with you. If it's the purge of killing people. Yep, that makes you nice. Yeah. Well, not because I told you. Do your thing, Gary. What are you doing? You're doing mushrooms? Champion, champignon. So, uh, champions, guys. So, I was saying before that these are a blessing to newer players because they are very simple yet very enjoyable. But if you're doing a long-term campaign, unless you're really into this type of thing, you're probably going to get a little bit bored of them by the end. If you're at that point where you want your character to be more complex, but you're not sure how to make the champion more complex or more strategic. So... I'll go through a few things about the champion fighter. Number one, the most important thing and the thing you're going to enjoy the most, and it's like once you've had it, it's hard to go back, you get a crit on a 19 or a 20 with a weapon attack. You have a 10% chance of scoring a critical hit. A man, is that hard to leave. Yeah. Once you've had that... When, uh, when you combine that with greater weapon fighting... Yeah. Mm. 
Loving that shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm reminding myself of some of these because I haven't played a fighter in so long. Remarkable athlete. So starting at seventh level, you can add your proficiency, uh, your proficiency bonus rounded up to any... Half, half your proficiency bonus. Half your proficiency bonus, that's correct, uh, to any of strength, dexterity, or constitution check that you make that you don't already use your proficiency bonus. In addition, when you make a running long jump, the distance you can cover increases by a number of feet equal to your strength modifier. Nobody cares. About the long jump because that's one of those things that will come up and everyone will be like, I don't know the rules. Roll an athletics or acrobatics check depending on how you want to play it. Honestly, we should probably do an episode on these weird little rules. Yeah, a clarification episode. Yeah. We should. We should. We'll do that one right after the mundane items episode, which I'm legit excited for. Yeah, me too. And somewhere before the feats episode. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, because they'll all they'll all miss um, or they'll all be entwined. Yeah, exactly. Right, so. um, additional fighting style at tenth level, you can choose a second option from the fighting style class feature. Again, you got to be careful with these champion fighters or just fighters in general because you got to be strategic with it from the start. I think um, superior critical starting at fifteenth level, your weapon attack score roll a critical hit or an eighteen or a twenty. We now have a twenty percent chance of scoring a critical. That's a fifteen percent chance. That's a fifteen percent chance. Eighteen, Math. nineteen, twenty. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I read. Yeah, I misread that. 15% chance. I'm not here for my math, guys. In all honesty, I'm getting through life just fine without it. I'm just relying <laughs> on other people in Google, to be honest. No, that's incredible. Yep, Survivor. You no know, one? On, honestly? No what? one wanted to sing Eye of the Tiger or Destiny's Child. Uh, I Look, you sing Eye of the Tiger every time that you're a fighter, right? Like, that's, that's one of the rules. If you if you dip into Bard, that's your theme song. Boom, yep. boom, right? boom. So, so good. Um, rocky but honestly... Without keened weapons anymore in Dungeons and Dragons, this is so powerful. Mm-hmm. There, there's so few ways to get increased crit range, mm-hmm. right? It's is there even a feat that does it anymore? No. Nope. Used to be like four in three point five. It was really? a ridiculous number of ways to do it. I remember I saw a build in three point five, um, and I mean they aimed for this. This is the whole point of the build, but it was a twelve to twenty crit range. Oh my god! Because all that shit stacked. Uh, which is why the 18 to 20 now being so rare as it is is incredible yeah yeah but when you take into accounts the advantage and disadvantage system that makes your increased uh threat range ridiculous like if you are playing a say your 15th level fighter and you've dipped two levels in barbarian and you could just on a whim say i have advantage you now with, have, with your reckless attacks with your reckless attacks you are now critting Way more. And then you use a great sword. Now you get to reroll ones and twos on both of your 2d6s. And now you're critting. Oh, and oh, yes, you're also a half orc. So you get to throw another dice in there. Like, it's ridiculous. And if you take the mobile feet, that means you can hit them, then fuck off without them hitting you back. Yeah. the way. Yeah. So you could go ruin their life and then just walk away with no repercussions. You yeah. want to know what, if I'm going to play a champion fighter, the very first thing that I'm going to say to my DM is can we get some crit tables? Yep. Mm-hmm. I love crit tables. Crit tables are a lot of fun. Yeah. We should we, we should, should do an episode on crit tables. All right. Duff it. Duff it. Duff it. Right. Duff it. Write this down. Where's he going? I don't know. Is it, is it Quebec Day? <laughs> I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. No, no it's not. I think uh, he's actually um, drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Uh, have you seen the? Have you um, seen that guy? Um, Cronenberg. Right. 
<laughs> All right. Okay, Survivor. At 18th level, you attain the pinnacle of resilience in battle. At the start of each of your turns, you regain hit points equal to 5 plus your constitution modifier if you have no more than half of your hit points left. You don't gain this benefit if you have zero hit points. What are your thoughts on this? Because I have a similar mindset to Second Wind, which is uh, at this point, is it that big a deal? Yeah. If you're less than half, yes. At uh, as a level 18 fighter, you have 18 d10 hit points. Okay. Plus constitution, which is probably one of your buffed up stats. Okay. So you have at least you have at least 200 hit points at this. And let's be honest, you've taken tough for some fucking reason. You okay. got the feats. Why so not? So say say if you're down 99 hit points. But a bitch ain't one. But this the thing is, at 18th level. No, nobody. Right, things fine. things are gonna in a single swing. They're still not gonna do more than seventy hit points. Like this is still. I would like to point useful. an ancient dragon at you. Well, on average. Say so that, say right? like five this plus your con modifier. Say if you're gonna be adding up to ten hit points. But we're eighteenth level here. Yeah. As, but every turn at the start of every how many turns hold up, hold up, is there going to be hold up. I, I also have to point out that Dan said you know it's it's a 18 d10 well remember on a d10 the average is 5.5 5, mm-hmm. right so on uh an 18th level is hold on i can do this math that is um an average of 101 hit points minus your not including con modifier yeah. right so gaining 10 that matters. That's a tenth of your health. Right. Give or take a con modifier. Right. Now, keeping in mind that this includes your con modifier, so the higher the con modifier, the more hit points you have, the more that you're likely to actually regain ten as opposed to five hit points yep. or whatever. So I, I understand what you're saying here, Terry. That the amount of damage that these enemies are causing you at this point. But it's remember, your AC should be high enough that you're not just getting hit and then healing and getting hit and then healing you may not get hit for three or four rounds which means you've gone up this has just at the end of a battle if you go hold on guys give me a minute that's 10 rounds of healing you just got mm-hmm. right you're back up to full yeah so this is less about in combat to me and more about between combat kind of resetting yourself you get max hit points minimum at the end of every short rest yeah Right, you get it with probably any ten minute rest. Well, there's no point in even using your your hit die and your short rest if you just chill out for a little bit. Exactly. You know? Right. Yeah. So I think that's powerful. Yeah. So I I don't know. I really like it. Yep. I do too. Cool. All right. You persuaded me. Good. Um. So that that's everything which is included in Champion Fight. It's a very simple subclass. Yeah, it, like there's not a lot. Is, like a lot of subclasses give you like dice pools, or they give you spells you could cast a certain amount of there's times. There's no a day. additional resource that you have to manage as a result. Exactly, yeah. it's very simple. It, and it was great as a newer player um, for me, but I mean, I think you make it more complicated using feats. Again, we won't go into feats too much, but you have to be strategic with how you select your feats because that's going to be um, that's going to determine how you use your fighter most often, the fighting style that you want. And I would have arguments for certain builds on how I use my um, fighter. Um, but do you guys want to touch a little bit, even if it's just for a minute or so each, on what do you guys think that as a champion fighter, your job or your purpose or how best you can use them strategically? You're a damage dealer. You straight up, you are. You're, you are uh, the damage dealer. You're the attention grabber of the... I wouldn't necessarily say you're straight up a tank. I mean, you regenerate a small amount of hit points. If I can be honest, you're Jamie fucking Lannister with two hands. Yes. Right? You are the guy in the golden armor stepping forward going, look at me! Right? And they're going to come at you. Yeah. 
Are you supposed to stand in front of and stand in bank with them? Yes. I would say yes. I would say yes, but when you have options as mobile and when you can move 15 feet, take your attack, and leave 15 feet, like, I... You could be incredibly strategic with a guy who is very burst damage. He is going to hit you hard, fast, but in terms of sustainability, if he's getting close to you, it's not going to... See, there was times when I played it differently, and Adam, you remember from your game, we were going through a dungeon crawl, I went full SWAT team. I had my 19-20 AC, I had crossbow expert, my heavy crossbow, I went into that doorway, pop, 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 and I went back around the corner. And some people will argue and say, well, you're playing it wrong as a fighter, I'm surviving. There, there's nothing wrong with having a fighter use a ranged weapon. Let's dispel that dispel that myth right now. Mm-hmm. Even the ranger, and the way that it's built in the PHB, is not as powerful as a champion fighter with a crossbow right. or a bow. That's just like I'm sorry, guys. When you take the archery, um, yeah. And I, I got a question. Um, when you roll, I'm sorry. I'm reading great weapon fighting. Uh, okay, it does say a melee weapon. All right, never mind. Yeah, I was gonna say because bows are two-handed, but I guess not. But um, but I mean that was a strategy that uh, or tactics I should say in the short term tactics that I was using within battles when the situation dictated. But my argument also for for champion fighters is that you're not necessarily stand and bang, but you are controlling what the enemy is doing because you are in front of them so that everybody else can do their job. Now I know I talk about this with a lot of classes, but if they're resistant to slashing, piercing, bludgeoning, whatever, this enemy, and you figure this out, or they're immune to it, that's cool. I've got an Iron Man suit on in my play armor. I'm going to run at you. I'm very strong. And I'm going to hold you or pin you, because that's possible, um, with the right feet. I'm going to pin you in place, and then you're going to get blown up from all different angles. I'm the brave one. I'm going in with the bomb disposal suit. I'll take the hits, but I'm going to stop you from moving and executing your plan if I can't damage you. Here's the other thing that I want to say about about a champion fighter specifically, but about all fighters. You need to go look at what all of the variant rules, like trip, overrun, all of your charging stuff, all of your... Charging anything shields. beyond grappling, any one of your disarm, these are your flavor, these are your yeah. options, and they're variant rules. So your DM may say no, right? Yeah. But... I I don't understand that. I would always put that in my games, but uh, yeah. as a champion fighter, I would say not necessarily. You're more stand and bang, um, like Battlemaster. You're looking into those rules. No, I'm gonna say for champion fighter because as Terry says, you don't have a lot of stuff that's gonna get past resistances and immunities. But you, you can walk your up. Options, right? You can walk up and take a a hit. Right as you try to grapple, didn't work. Try to grapple, didn't work. Grapple, got him. Throw him off the cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and so you have other options beyond just sword, which is the problem that I find with with fighter is that it is the most vanilla of classes. Yeah, yeah. and as much as I like it, this is the most. This is French vanilla. Yeah. Right? It's vanilla, <laughs> but with even more vanilla too. Yeah, right. Like, more blowjobs in this vanilla. Because uh, French. Uh, no, Terry. You're Did on they invent own. it? Did the French in, invent the blowjob? Is that what you just asked me? I thought they did. I would think the Greeks did. No. I would say the Greeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, like the ancient Caligula? Greeks? Yeah. yeah, like Caligula. The ancient Greeks? Yeah. I'm thinking like... 
Oh, okay. you're, 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 you're thinking like, like modern day in Greece. Paris. <laughs> yeah. no. Oh, some guy in 1920 went. That war sucked. What are the we going to do about did? it? Oh, I know. Like, Heck, Romans, maybe. Really, you know. went with modern French and you didn't go to Monica Lewinsky. Yes, <laughs> to be honest, I don't think one particular. Like, I don't think like when uh, the Romans invaded the Greeks that they saw them and went, "Why the fuck did we not think of that?" Like, <laughs> I think it's come up. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, we've taken a turn for the worst here. So speaking of turn for the worst, the worst uh, sub uh, fighter subclass in the book, in my opinion, Adam. In your opinion, but like in all ways, Dan, you're wrong. Um, the <laughs> I'm interested to hear this, actually. Okay, so... Terry, you've played a champion. Dane, you are currently playing a Battlemaster. Yeah. You guys know the, the classes, the subclasses that you really like about fighters. The Elder Tonight is one of these ones that I have a lot of um, a lot of confusion about. I feel this way about the Warlock. I feel this way about, to a certain degree, the Ranger. Are they magic or are they fighty? And they're trying to bridge the gap the best of both worlds and in my personal opinion the elder tonight does it better than most of the others now the warlock is is a whole class built around it um and you can talk about your uh what was it, the pact of the of the, pact blade, of the blade yeah right and your hex blade and all that which if you haven't listened to it already go back and listen to the warlock episode that we've done it because we covered all that but with the elder tonight here's the first thing that i want to say okay you are a spellcaster and your spellcasting ability is intelligence right away we are now breaking from the regular kind of fighter most fighters are looking at strength and con potentially decks right those would be your top three when you're looking at your socials you're looking at wisdom charisma and absolute last is int well for a fighter int is always going to be your dumb it it depends if you want to play a strategic general and whatnot and you're going to and that's kind of where you're headed with your build. You want to be the general of the Queen's Army or whatever. You want intelligence for your strategy tactics and, and things. People, I can see people make an argument for it, but you are taking, you're essentially a light wizard. You are a diet wizard in this because you only have access to two spell schools, abjuration and conjuration. And that's it. You don't get to pull from anything else. Uh, you get spell slots. Uh, they've got a table in it. But you get maximum three cantrips. You know two until level 10, and then you get your third. That's uh, a long way. Abjuration and evocation, not conjuration. Did I say conjuration? You say conjuration. It's yeah. evocation. You are correct. It is I was evocation. like, that's weird, because you need fireballs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I was quite excited by conjuration. I'm sorry, gentlemen. I misspoke. But here we go. At third level, you're getting two first level. You don't see your first second level spell till fifth level. You don't see your first third level spell till 13th level. And you don't see your first fourth level spell till 19th level. You never see a, f- a fifth level spell. Right? Which is where your paladin, your ranger, your warlock base is stronger for spellcasting. Which means you're still relying on all your fighty shit. Which means when you are an Eldritch Knight, you have to look at your Abdrash, which is protection, and your evocation, which is your damage output. Generally speaking. I mean, that no spell school is 100% consistent with with their mission statement. Um, Fithad's a little bit wonky about that, but... You are consistently learning spells all the way through. That's that's part of what this is. Plus, you're getting all of the shit at other um, at other levels. Like your you're you're getting your extra attacks still. You're still getting your um, indomitable right. You're getting all of these uh, features 
from the class, and you get more that I'll go through in a second, but you're getting spells on top of it, and you can only change those spells when you level. So not long rest, not short rest, when you level. So it, it feels very limiting. I feel like more than any other of, of the fighter subclasses, you need to know what your mission statement is with this guy. And I would say that as much as I'm all about being able to blow a fire bolt out and do that, I want something that's going to be a little bit less... I, I rather I'm going to look for utility spells, yeah. things that are that are battlefield um, terrain changing stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I want to change the nature of the battle for my advantage, and there's not a whole lot in these two. Abjuration is protection, as a general rule, and evocation is offensive. Is offensive, right? So what are you doing? And I'll tell you right now, force fucking damage. Your big thing, like Terry said, is that you're going to have trouble getting past some resistances. Being able to shoot a firebolt or uh, uh, burning hands, is everything is resistant to, to fire, right? All, almost everything in the monster manual is. However, nothing is... I think there's two things in all of 5th Ed that's resistant to force damage. Yeah. And there are only like four spells, but you get them at low levels, right? I think it's Force Wall, obviously, Magic Missile, and Eldritch Blast. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think you can get Eldritch Blast unless you're a Warlock. So uh, there are other ways to get it. But not as an Eldritch Knight. There are other ways to get it. But not as an Eldritch Knight, which is what I'm talking about. So you can pick you it can up by cross-classing. Okay, yes. You, yeah, get you can take a feat for it. Um, but why would you when you have all these other ones that we listed earlier, right? Yeah. You're, you're still... A martial mechanically inclined, I'm going to go up and hit them. But I'm going to hit them, and then I'm also going to hit that guy over there um, with my magic. So, the first thing you get is a weapon bond. This is packed to the blade, but it is a little bit different. You perform a ritual over the course of an hour, which allows you to essentially summon a weapon. You can actually summon two weapons from anywhere on the plane of existence where you are. So you can... You, how many times have I said to you guys in a campaign setting, uh, the guard says to you, sure, absolutely, the, the prince is waiting for you. Leave your weapons here, please. Yeah. Does not matter for an Eldritch Knight. Because as a bonus freaking action, bam, there it is. So you can summon it and then still attack. Yeah. Out of the blue. Especially oh. as a fighter where you get multiple attacks. Yeah. Right. So that's big. And I would say that you would... I mean, I would probably pick a ranged weapon, but you can you can mix it up too. You can only you can have two at a time, but you can do it another. Um, you get a new weapon on my short rest because it's only an hour. My short rest, I'm going to attune to that. Yeah, right, and bang, it's mine. And it doesn't say whether or not it, it can or can't be a magical weapon. That was going to be my right? question. So yeah. it can be any weapon, mm -hmm. and that's a load of fun. Uh, at seventh level, you get war magic, bum bum bum, which is. When you use your action to cast a cantrip, you can make one weapon attack as a bonus action. This is the most stupidest name thing in the entire thing. It's not war magic at all. You get to add a bonus action attack to your cantrip. Which feels a little light to me. Especially since they only get two cantrips. And they get an additional one at level 10, but that's still only three total cantrips and if you're going with utility that means you have your one firebolt or you have your one uh well you're only ever going to get a firebolt or an eldritch blast or whatever it is because um you 
only have evocation or abjuration. There's not a whole lot of abjuration cantrips, right? So you're looking at your acid splash. You're looking at your, your poison spray. Did you generate a list? I did not. Okay. Right? But I'm thinking about your damage dealers, right? You're not taking Mage Hand or Mending or Minor Illusion as a cantrip. You don't have access to those spell schools. <clears throat> yeah, you're still... So basically... It... So I'm shooting that guy over there and then bonus action hitting this guy over, over here, which... I really like because you can't do that anywhere else. In order to get your bonus action attack, you have to make a melee attack yeah. with the melee weapon. So you can only hit the people like five feet around or ten feet. You got to whip. It right? means you only get one weapon attack, but you're basically you're sacrificing your second attack to do something else, kind of fucky. Yeah. If you want, if if well, you're using your, you're purpose. using your action. To shoot with firebolt over there. Yeah. I'm going to hit that guy that's 120 feet away. Whatever the range is. I think it's 90 feet. Because if you figured out you could take people out in one hit, you know, that'll work. Or even if everyone else is battling them over here and you are tying up this guy, right? You can contribute to that battle while tying up this guy over here and doing a little bit of damage, right? Yeah. Um, I find that this is really going to be useful when you're fighting multiple creatures, right? Mm -hmm. um, at 10th level... You get Eldritch Strike. You learn how to make your weapon strikes undercut a creature's resistance to your spells. Which means that when you hit a creature with any weapon attack, not melee, any weapon attack, the creature has disadvantage on its next saving throw against your spell until the end of its next turn. So this is where I'm going to get really specific okay. with which... Okay, we'll take Burning Hands. Pretty common, right? Yeah. So I when you uh, when I cast Burning Hands against you, Terry, you have to make a deck save. Yes. Okay. However, if I hit you on this round, you get disadvantage on that deck save next round. So if I know I'm going to hit you with Burning Hands, I'm going to beat the shit out of you with all of my regular many attacks now. And then I'm going to cast Burning Hands on you and let you the fuck up next round. Right. So... You we're thinking the Eldritch Knight is more about strategy, not as much as the Battlemaster. Yeah. But I think that it gives you a lot of options um, with how to use spells in a way that no other class really gets to play with. Yeah. Um, at 15th level, you get Arcane Charge, uh, which gives you the ability to teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that you can see when you use Action Search. You can do it before or after. So essentially that gives you movement again for your action search. Yeah, it gives you and teleportation movement too. Yeah. So it, you can it say gives you a free misty step whenever yeah. you use your action search. Yeah. So I hit you. Uh, it's like this is going really poorly, right? This guy's beating the shit out of me and all my other party members are ranged or they're hiding around the corner. The cleric is healing the sorcerer who's down and the the druid is running away, right? I'm the last man standing because I got to tie this guy up and I'm the tank, but yeah. I'm getting my ass handed to me. Action surge, hit him one more time and then get the fuck out. Yeah. And or, then, uh, it's an action surge so you get to fireball again when you're further away. Yeah. Or exactly as an Eldritch Knight that you can action surge, teleport out and then hit him on, and then use your movement yeah. to move even further. So this is kind of a get out of jail free card with your action surge. It makes your action surge feel more um, relevant, I yeah. think. Which I you want, but you get it at a 15th level. It's high. So it's, it's late. Right? Yeah, it's late. Um, improved war magic. This is the last one. Starting at 18th level, when you use your action to cast a spell, you can make one weapon attack as a bonus action. 
so this is just this is above cantrip. Yeah, so this is a spell. Whereas war magic at seventh level was when you use a cantrip. At eighteenth level, it's when you use a spell. So you can cast a fourth level spell and then get an attack. In. So I because you didn't generate a list, I just quickly looked up what the list of abjuration cantrips and evocation cantrips are. Yep. Abjuration gets Blade Ward, which uh, gives you resistance to... A lot of people like it. I'm not wild about Blade Ward. Uh, it's only for a turn. That's why. But it's a cantrip. But it's a cantrip. Uh, you get resistance on slashing, piercing, and bludgeoning damage for a turn. Yeah. Weird yeah. that they call it a Blade Ward for bludgeoning damage, but whatever. Yeah, it's things. good yeah. if you get surrounded, I guess. Um, trying to get over. The only other abjuration cantrip is resistance. Which, why are you casting that as your action and then getting in your attack with the sword? Where the strength of war magic comes in are your evocation cantrips. Why are you not casting booming blade or green flame blade with this? Yeah. Like, those are the ones you're going to be going for. Can more you often run us through? Hold, hold on. Are these specifically from the wizard spell list? They are on the wizard spell list. Okay, so because it has to be a wizard spell. It has to be spell. from the wizard spell yeah. list. So, uh, Booming Blade is when you cast this spell um, as an action. It is an action to cast. Uh, you um, hit them with your melee weapon attack because it's with a melee weapon you do it. Um, and on a hit... Uh, they are sheathed in booming energy, which I love the phrasing of that. If they move, that energy explodes, causing a butt ton of damage um, and dealing, uh, which is specifically thunder damage. And I, feel that like, I feel like you're setting a proximity mine on them. Yeah, you you really are. This is how I killed the gnome with my paladin. And this is what I was saying before that as fighter, it's up to you to also control their movement. That's it. They've just yeah. stood on the pressure plate of the landmine now. Which is, if you have a greatsword, and you're using this with a greatsword, you hit them with 2d6 plus another d8 damage, and then when they move, they take another d8. And that's at fifth level. And then you get your attack of opportunity, right? Like, anyway, continue. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get your secondary attack with your weapon, where you're doing more uh, more damage, right? Exactly. Um, I don't know why you would do this in lieu of just attacking four times. Um, maybe uh, you just want to keep somebody still. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, oh, if you recognize they have resistance. Green Flame Blade is the one that's... Um, or they have resistance, yeah. Um, green Flame Blade is you hit someone with the weapon and you do an additional fire damage as well as additional fire damage to the things close to them. Yep. Right? Um, and that increases as you level. Um, again, these are the... Uh, um, cantrips you're going to go with as a wizard, uh, as an Eldritch Knight with this fighter ability. There are other ones. I mean, like, there's Lightning Lure and Light and Ray of Frost and Shocking Grasp and Thunderclap. Um, but... Shocking, shocking Grasp for a, for a fighter is not a bad one. That's not a good. bad one. And yeah. and it's because you're right up in the melee. The, my problem with Shocking Grasp is that why would you ever be that close if you're a spellcaster? But this is when you would be. Yeah, right? and you have it with Shocking Grasp, the rules of Shocking Grasp, you have advantage if that person's wearing metal on on, on, uh, on the attack. Which That's is okay. fantastic. Yeah, I, I like that. Look, I like the Elder Tonight. It has its own weird flavor to it. It does some things that you just can't seem to do in other ways. It's not the most shiniest, sparkliest subclass of all time. It's not as powerful as it has been in previous editions. Mm -hmm. But I really like it as someone who, um, who wants to go full fighter and has been considering the dip into getting a little bit of magic. 
but would rather stay full fighter, right? I feel like if you are a new player to 5th Ed, but you played previous editions, you don't want to do champion because I understand how initiative works already. Yeah. And crit ranges. Yeah, like I get that shit already. So I want to be a little bit magic-y as well. Yeah. I, I'm going to role play this a little bit more. This feels to me like... Um, I wish I wish that you could get some healing stuff with this. Yeah, I really want a a medic, a first aid like battle medic. There's right. some of that in Battlemaster. There is, and I wish Eldritch Knight had that. But as it stands now, I feel like this is the Black Knight on the road that can do just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. right. It is. It, oh yeah, I like that idea actually. So I don't know. I I, I like. I like the Eldritch Knight. I really do. I like it more than Champion, and I like it more than Battlemaster, because I don't like telling other people uh, what to do with their turns, and uh, that's called coaching. Dan, what's, uh, what subclass are you doing? Uh, Battlemaster. Oh. How disappointing. <laughs> I hate you. You disappoint me, Dan. Why? I don't know. I just... <laughs> no, I, so, I, I really do like the Battlemaster. You've never Battle asked Master. that question. <laughs> I really do like the Battlemaster. It is it is your uh, military general type character. It is your very strategic... If you are playing a strategic type game, look at Battlemaster. It fits the flavor of that kind of campaign. I feel like they should have called the Elder's Knight the Battlecaster. So we're going to have a Battlemaster and a Battlecaster. Would that no? I'm trying to be like battle faster for the champion. I can't think of one. No, um, battle bastard because he's using a bastard sword which has a higher crit range. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like maybe if you're not eating beef, you're a cattle faster. Continue, Dan. I hate you. I hate you so much. Anyways, so uh, the right away off of the gate, out of out of the gate at level three, you get combat superiority as a battle master. Um, these are your superiority dice. There are they're my superiority dice. They're whoever takes a battle master, you get them. Well then, um, your superiority dice uh, you spend on maneuvers, which are listed. There's a little bit over a dozen of them that you could choose from and they all have incredibly awesome and specific uh, uses for them and I'll go over them in a minute. Um, you get four superiority dice, a superiority dice right off the bat and they're D8s. Okay. Um, you gain another superiority die at 7th level and another one at 15th which means at 15th level and for the rest of your fighter you can never have more than 6 of these things um, unless you take a feat that I'll mention about later as well and then you get it 2 more so why not um, your saving throws based on this which is going to fit out very well because there are a lot of strength saves and, and uh, constitution saves associated with uh, your maneuvers are 8 plus your proficiency plus strength or dex whichever is your choice you get to choose at the time which of course why would you not choose your highest one but that's what it is so if you're playing a dexterity based archer fighter you could use dexterity as your choice here and you've got a save DC that rivals your wizard for things that also have some pretty cool battlefield control options. At third level, as a uh, additional on top of having your base superiority die, you get uh, proficiency with one type of artisan's tools of your choice. Strange. It's very strange, but it's a student of war, so it's very Sun Tzu kind of thing where you have to master calligraphy to be a good uh, strategic general, right? Like that's something Sun Tzu taught. I'd have done so, something radically different with that, and I would have been like, "Hey, you know what? I'm etching in things into. Uh, I, I want to craft my name into the blade of my sword, right? I want to so that I can heat it up 
and then burn somebody with it and leave my mark. Oh, the inglorious bastard. But the thing is, to a a battle master, and it even says this, like, combat's very academic, right? It is very... um, There is a system and there is a process to it. There is uh, trends that you learn and that you go with. And so uh, they use these uh, additional outside trainings as kind of synergy almost into their training. Of it's the good flavor. It's very good flavor to it. But mechanically, it's an odd one. It is odd. Uh, at seventh level, you get to know your enemy, enemy, which if you spend uh, one... Bob? Is that, is that you, Bob? Yeah, pretty much. Well, you have to spend a full minute, so hopefully you've gotten someone's name within a minute. Yeah. Um, but you spend a minute observing and interacting with any other creature outside of combat... Uh, you can learn certain mechanical information about them. Um, and it's pretty much... The DM will tell you if it's equal, superior, or inferior in regard to certain characteristics. You know what I always think of? Is I think of Firefly, the episode Heart of Gold, where they're saving the whorehouse, right? But he goes... The, the guy that's going to like attack um, all of the like innocent hookers, which are like the victims in this, yeah. and, and the captain, Malcolm Reynolds, goes in to this like party to shake the guy's hand and get a measure of the man that's what this feels like to me right where you go and you you know that you're gonna fight this you're, you're gonna go fight Strahd yeah. he's invited you to dinner so you're gonna sit there and you're gonna look him up and down and really get an idea yeah, I, who I, this guy is I, I love this ability and you basically get to know uh in comparison to you where their strength is their dexterity their constitution their score, not the modifier, but you can figure it out from there. Their AC, you figure out if their standard AC is going to be higher, lower, or equal to yours. And this is going to determine. This is going to help determine whether or not the the um, uh, cleric is casting bane or bless, right? Yeah. Based on this information. So yeah. uh, their current cla- uh, hit. Sorry, their current hit points. Where they're sitting at in their hit point pool. Um, I would like to say current. That is not max HP. Yeah, exactly. Um, Their total class levels, if any. This is their character level. It's not telling you which classes. It's just telling you what level they are. And it's not even telling you specifically. It's just telling you, oh, they're higher level than you. So class levels. So a monster doesn't have class levels. This won't work on. Exactly. Oh, do you get oh, their do oh. you get their challenge rating? Challenge rating or no? No, I wouldn't give them a challenge rating. I wouldn't give them a challenge hold rating. Hold on, hold on. So that brings up what about a doppelganger or a changeling? You're spending a minute doing it and there's no save. I think a doppelganger or a changeling would be able to fight through this. Would be able to obfuscate this for sure. That so you think that they would be they're posing as a as a champion warrior of some yeah. sort, right, in the noble courts. So they're going to show that they've got 12 levels in fighters. Uh, no, what? No. I would say yeah, this see? could be a way that you would see through yes, one of them. Because you're looking at them going, you should be able to sit in that armor better. Yeah, exactly. although that's the idea of like, um, like boxing experts can watch five seconds of somebody boxing on Instagram and go, that guy just has no idea what he's talking about. Has no yeah. idea what he's doing. Yeah. 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 Um, and furthermore, you get to figure out uh, the last little bit their fighter class levels. So specifically, how many fighter class levels they have more or less than you. This is over and above just normal character level. Right? Um, So you get to figure out just how proficient in straight up toe-to-toe combat somebody is. Now, if they're a barbarian, you're going to be able to figure that out pretty quick. Um, are they wearing a shirt or not? But if if someone's sitting in front of you and they're wearing armor that isn't adorned in holy symbols, you could... Be fairly certain they're a fighter. You're looking at this to figure out where they're at. 
right? At uh, tenth level, your uh, superiority dice go from a d10, or sorry, d8 to a d10. Um, at eighteenth level, they turn into d12s, Ooh. right? Um, at fifteenth level, uh, oh, which I should mention, you get your superiority dice back on a uh, short rest, short or long rest. So. These things are going to come up fairly often. Yeah, you, it's a fairly easily renewable resource for Yeah, you. you get to bother the rest of the party repeatedly. Yeah. Um, at 15th level, you get Relentless, which is whenever you roll initiative and have no remaining superiority dice, you get a superiority dice. Sure. Right? So when you're starting combat, you always get at least one. Now we're going to come into the bread and butter of what a battle master can do, and these are your actual maneuvers. All right. So there's like 400 of these days. And I'm just going to really briefly go through yeah, them. Okay. Do you want specific details of exactly what they are? How the mechanics work? How the mechanics work? It's in the PHP. It's in the PHP. So look it up. It's on page 74. Um, you get your commander strike. That is the top one. Um, you get to... You forego one of your attacks to let your party member attack. Is that one of your attacks or your attack action? It is one of your attacks. So when you, you have like three, action. you yeah. can give up one. Yeah. Um, but the thing is you forego one of your attacks and use your bonus action to tell them to go. Right? And then your party member can then use their reaction to attack. That's pretty useful, especially for things like rangers that are out of range and don't often use their, you know, reaction for an opportunity attack. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, you also get disarming attack, which guess what that does? You hit it, and they drop their weapon. Uh, distracting attack, you uh, hit a creature, and it causes them to distracting strike. Yeah, distracting strike. Sorry, yeah. uh, gives your advantage, gives your ally advantage on their next attack. So, what's the benefit of giving the enemy advantage on their next attack? Uh, no, you don't give. You give an ally advantage, advantage. on the next okay. attack. This pairs great with a rogue. Just being like, you have advantage on your next attack. Okay, so they get their sneak attack guaranteed. Exactly. Uh, you have evasive footwork, which is when you move, you could uh, uh, spend your uh, superiority die and add that to your AC uh, until you stop moving. Uh, there's fainting attack, which gives you a uh, gives you advantage on your next attack roll. Um, this turn goading attack is the one that everything has if they turn to it if your enemy turns to attack something else it has disadvantage uh, lunging attack you can attack at further range than your weapon normally applies uh, by spending a superiority die maneuvering attack you could hit a creature and let your party member move half their speed um there's menacing attack. That's when you just unzip your fly in the middle of your action. Um, yeah, and frighten them by your misshapen nevermind. Uh, there's Perry, which lets you... That's the name of my nevermind. Hey, Perry? I, I, I named him Perry. Oh. Um, Again, with the vowels in this country. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Perry. Um, Is it Perry? Oh, I, I thought you were saying Perry. Perry. So Perry lets you spend your uh, <laughs> superiority dice. Perry's so fucking done with it. And your... Uh, um, dexterity modifier to uh. remove damage. So you uh, get your superiority dice, bless your dexterity to away from the damage that you're taking. Um, precision attack gives you... Um, <laughs> there's a lot here, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, precision attack lets you re-roll an attack. Basically, it gives you advantage. Um, well, a pushing pushing attack. attack allows you to push people. Rally says, everybody else, come help. Repost. I don't know what repost is. Uh, repost lets you have a counterattack. 
Okay. As a reaction. Yeah. Uh, sweeping attack, you uh, knock people over. You use a broom. Yeah, you use a broom and you hit multiple people around you. And a trip attack, you knock people over. Here comes the broom. All right. Yeah. Look, there's so much there's in there. There's a lot of options. Oh my, yeah. How many of these do you actually get to you know? Get fourth, you get four of them at your third level when you get this. And you get an additional one. at. Uh, you learn two maneuvers of your choice at seventh, tenth, and fifteenth level. This is too much shit. And honestly, a lot of this is, okay, you can move half your speed. All right, you get advantage. You can go now. Use your reaction to... And there's just a lot of this that I'm like, if you're going to play Battlemaster, I'm fine with all of this. It's weird for DM to be like, no, hold on, wait. Whose turn just went... That guy just moved, but it's on your turn. But you took Even a though reaction it wasn't a reaction to, to... All right, so hold on. Whose turn is an initiative? This can be a little bit much for new DMs. Yes. But yeah. let me say this. If you are going to do this shit, you need to clear it with the other people around the table that, hey, on my turn, I would like you to move here. Yeah. Battlemaster reads like general, where you get to give other people commands, but it's really providing the opportunity. And I would say that you can use this maneuver and then tell someone else... You have the opportunity to move. You have the opportunity to you to attack this person with advantage. You have the opportunity to whatever it is. Don't tell them. Provide opportunities for them. And that's the only thing that I would say is for party politics on the table, Battlemaster can be a little contentious. Yeah. So make sure that you are communicating appropriately with your other players and let them know kind of what's going on. If you're taking the Battlemaster, you're kind of a strategist. Yeah. Or you think of yourself as a strategist. Yeah. Maybe you're not actually. So people may argue with you. That's okay. And they may you may blow superiority die and it doesn't help. Yeah. And that's okay too, because you get nine fucking thousand of them every time you goddamn break to take a piss. So too many of these things. This one, to me, this is a broken subclass. Really? Yeah. I'm fine with I playing. Think, with I think it. it's mitigated by the fact that you never get more than five uses um, uh, within a short rest, right? That doesn't feel mitigated to me because people are taking a short rest every twenty fucking seconds. You can apply these to every attack. You're a fighter. You can blow through all of your dice in one round, right? And and I understand that. It still feels like too much to me. Honestly, there are some uh, like uh, the arcane trickster. Um, or the Hexblade. These are super-powered. I feel like every class has one or two. The Cleric's got like seven that are just super-powered subclasses yep. compared to others. The Eldritch Knight is is the bastard child of the fighter, and we're not talking about that. Or Sorry, I'm sorry the Purple Dragon Knight yeah. right, is the bastard child. This one's a piece-of-shit class, and there are a few piece-of-shit classes. This is not one. It's overpowered. And if you see someone come to the table playing a Battlemaster, as a DM, you know that, you know what? They're level five, but I can throw a CR7 at them. It'll be okay. Yeah. Right? I feel like this pulls the gloves off a little bit. It's like when you have three clerics in the party, shit, fuck yeah, man. We're going to play. We're, you guys Max are tier two, points. but we're, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Speaking from experience, that's not the case. Like, I've played a high-level Battlemaster. No, you haven't. you played a level 11 Battlemaster with a whole bunch of Warlock and Rogue. Well, it's still high enough level to be able to get a taste of it in a party that had, you know, a cleric, a war cleric specifically in it. And I was still eating shit all the time. That's right? because like, the war cleric didn't like you. It wouldn't heal you. That's like, <laughs> well, no. I, in my defense, you were often outside of my range to heal you. <laughs> look... Look, like, I, I hear what you're saying, and I don't. I don't think it's broken, is what I'm trying to say. Like, I, is it powerful? Incredibly, it, it is. It's not it, broken. it is a an A tier 
subclass and one of, if not the best, fighter subclasses, in my opinion. Yep. And therefore, if someone is coming to the table with this and they've got some experience and, and they know how to run synergy with other people and this is going to be a tactical or, st- or a strategy-based game, then I can pull the gloves off. Right? Uh, here, here we go. We're going to do this bare knuckle. This is, is going to hurt. Here I come. Yeah. yeah. You're thinking and, of yourself as a strategist. You're going to need to use some strategy. And, and know what? If you are, and this is this comes back to the feat that I wanted to bring up, which is Martial Adept, which is the Battlemaster Light. Um, it is a feat that pretty much anybody could take. You learn two maneuvers from that list we just listed out. They have the same DCs. They're based off your strength and dexterity. And then you get one superiority dice that recharges on a, a short rest of a D6. So you get two abilities, but one use. Like, for a short rest. I think that's which fine. Means that's a good ev- feat. Everyone can... To help me. each other. Yeah, everyone can kind of help each other with that. And it really brings that in. So if you're playing a Hexblade Warlock, take a lo- take Martial uh, uh, Adept. If you're playing a Barbarian, take Martial Adept. Help move that. If you're playing a Martial class, you should probably take a little bit of Martial Adept. Uh, it's a feat that should... You should pause over it when you're considering your fourth your uh, ASIs and feats. Right? You know what? I agree with that. The other thing that I want to say is that you can undermine the Battlemaster a little bit by just playing with the variant rules of trip and disarm, which are some of the options in these attacks, right? Yeah. So there are other options out there to get some of these without having a Battlemaster there. If your Barbarian can also trip or can also um, parry... <laughs> Tari? <laughs> sorry, that was for Terry. Which one? I'm sorry, Tari. Fuck. What? Who are we? She pronounces it Terry, and I pronounce mine Terry. Um, which one of you is Terry? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, if you have the ability, if, if the Barbarian has the ability to do this already, the Battlemaster will feel less special. Yep. And so think about your your variant rules as well with this when someone comes to the table. So that's, that's my comment for Battlemaster. It feels overpowered and I would say too overpowered except there are ways to get the shit in other places yeah yeah right? I, I would enjoy it purely because I like fucking with people that's what I liked about my arcane trickster was doing those those fucky things in the environment and so I would enjoy oh you've done this this means I can now do this or I'm going to make you do this I'm going to make you do that but can you imagine turning to your frenzied barbarian and saying now you need to hit this guy over here I've given you advantage on the attack so whatever your plan was but he's fighting that guy over there no no that's what I'm saying I've given you advantage on this attack so disregard whatever your plan was you're doing this now because I did that for you so you're welcome and they might be like well fucking I was going to go over here yeah. yeah, so I really feel like this encourages strategic talk around the table, and I myself discourage strategic talk around the table. Fair enough. Because as much as I enjoy tactics, and we talk a lot of tactics on this podcast, I prefer people using their role-playing to discuss in character what's going on during combat. I don't want you saying, okay, look, if you can cast a guidance on your next turn, then I can really do this. I want to mitigate that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to have, oh, my God, help that. me get this guy. Right? I hate that. But I like, before the encounter, if you know on the other side of that door, there is the big bad, we can say, okay, All right. we did some reconnaissance. We know there's pillars in the room. I will do this. That will be our plan. It inevitably will not work as all things to get oh, deep. Yeah. But this is what we'll go for. So, and we used to do that with the necromancer, my arcane tricks. It was like, in this situation, if I... If you guys I go put your heads you... together and come up with a plan. I'm all for the plan. But in the middle of it, the Battlemaster feels very in the moment. 
here's what the new plan is, and you need the right party for it. We play with the right party, and Dan's very good at playing a battle master, and he works with people. There are, I believe, many opportunities for people to be not uh, not not to abuse it, but to not think it through. Yeah, fair enough. Right, and so that's I like the battle master. I feel that it, it comes with a couple of asterisks, asterisks, asterisks. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree. I like the battle master, and I think there's a lot of good stuff you can do with it. And I think if you enjoy that type of tactical play, you'll really like it. But you just got to make sure that you're not going to be pissing your party off by dictating what they're going to do all the time. Yeah, yeah. Ah, dictator. <laughs> Back to dictator. Okay, this potato. Okay, I wanted to end on a serious dictator. Dan, well, we're trying to have a podcast here. Yeah, this is heavily. All you've done is swear and be inappropriate this entire time. Yeah, you said the T word twice in ten seconds in two different accents. Oh my god, stop alliterating and just <laughs> say your point, <laughs> Terry. What do you Fuck. Mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we're moving on from this. Um, we're going to go to a shout out, Adam. I know you have a very important shout out, uh, important to all of us. So I'll let you take over for this one. All right. Yeah. Um, let's stop screwing around for a minute here. Um, the Pickle Dragon, who is one of the really tent poles of um, the D and D Instagram community. Uh, everybody knows him. He's absolutely a fantastic member of the community and contributes quite a lot. Uh, has had an unfortunate accident. And um, we gave him a shout out a few episodes back. And uh, since then, he's ended up in the hospital. And uh, at this point is paralyzed from about the middle of his back down. There is a GoFundMe page called Rebuild Matt Rauscher, and I will spell that at the end of this for people. He is needing to raise $40,000 to rebuild his home uh, to uh, be wheelchair accessible, including ramps, widening doorways, turning carpet into uh, linoleum or, or vinyl or hardwood, whatever it is, right? He, he needs our help. He goes home at the end of September and I believe we're releasing this right around the same time. Uh, and as it stands now, he has less than 20% of his GoFundMe. This is a crime. In my opinion. This is one of the nicest guys out there and D&D is such a solid community and we need to band together to help him. You can see a lot of these details on uh, his Instagram page at the Pickle Dragon. Yeah. But please, I'm... Asking you, the listener, to find some empathy in your heart to help this person who is in need, who is trying to rebuild his life, who has given all of us so much and is asking for such a little small amount in return to be able to put himself back together. Now, the GoFundMe page itself is um, has a little bit of a... Uh, smile and a wink to it it's we can rebuild him right it's got a little bit of the the uh million dollar man million dollar man to it uh, but honestly the guy's gonna need to look my dad only has one leg and that happened in the last couple of years and we know how much of an issue it is to do something as simple as take a shower especially when all the showers are located upstairs in your home mm-hmm. having these benefits and these boons being able to install these these bars in the bathroom to help you get from a wheelchair to a toilet or whatnot. This is stuff that we don't think about. We think, oh, God, that guy can't walk. That's terrible. Right? Oh, he can't drive. He'll never go for a run. But it's difficult to just exist and live. And so it's personal for me because I've seen a similar thing. 
I can't imagine what this man is going through, and I only want the best for him. So please, check out his GoFundMe. It is Rebuild Matt, that's with two T's, M-A-T-T, Rauscher. R-A-U-S-C-H-E-R. Visit him at the Pickle Dragon on Instagram and reach out. Let him know at the very least that we're thinking of, of him. Um, and not just we, it's a mimic. We as a community. Yeah, this is coming not necessarily from a it's a mimic standpoint. This is coming from us as people in this community who love Matt and and everything he does uh, in this community. So, um, yeah. So, please... Take, take the moment, take the $20 bill in your pocket, whatever it is that, that you can contribute. Let's help this guy make his life a little bit easier because we've been following him since August 9th when the accident happened. And um, he's maintained his sense of humor. He's maintained his, his positivity throughout this. And I know it's got to be hard. And the man is, uh, is a hero. In, uh, for being able to put up with this mm-hmm. so uh, and being able to weather it to the degree that he's doing it uh, and so please everybody reach out uh, and either contact him and give some support um, I know a lot of people are mailing him D&D stuff I've seen people I've have seen mailed him like yeah. pillows and minis and all sorts of stuff but what they need right now is our financial support and so I myself am going to be pitching into this um, and I encourage everyone else to do what they can when they can and hopefully we can get all the way up to $40,000 because uh, fuck he deserves it yeah. he really does so um, it's a horrible thing to happen to anyone but this is somebody that, that it's personal now right yeah. let's let's band together and let's uh, let's do what we can. Absolutely, we're so fortunate in the D and D community now that we have the internet where we can be we can be pulled together by these people um, such as Matt the Pickle Dragon, where they can reach so many people and influence them. And he really has done so much for the community. And it's 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 easy for us to sit here and we yeah we know we joke we say we make our dick jokes every week and we try and make people laugh. But there's times to be serious, and this this really is that time. Um, so we know we'll be getting on top of this. And uh, yeah, we definitely. Strongly encourage everybody else to help as well. Okay. So thanks very much for those of you that have done this. Um, thanks for everyone that reaches out to him. Yeah. And uh, and if you haven't, you're a terrible person. And I hate you. <laughs> uh, is, that, is that enough? Can I bully people into if, this? If, if, if you haven't, uh, if you still somehow forget the GoFundMe, you can find the information for it on his Instagram page, which is... He's got a link in this. The underscore pickled underscore dragon. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, make sure you go there if you want to learn any other information about what's going on. He, I believe he's got a link to his GoFundMe right in the details of the page yeah. as well. And you can look back through the recent post and see the journey he's been on as well as check out his story as well. So Yeah. We'll throw a post up as well. This uh, might get well. me in trouble, this statement, but I'm just going to say it. Okay. If you guys as a community could raise $11 million so the Critical Role can throw a TV show on, you could help this guy get $40,000. Come on. Get to it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like, biggest Kickstarter in history. This guy deserves that money just as much as Critical Role, if not more, in my opinion. So so let's all look from that mat and look to this mat. Exactly. And let's, let's make a fucking difference. Okay. So let's take a deep breath. Everybody shake that off. We're going to give everyone the opportunity to, to go on to their, I don't know, Chrome or their Safari or whatever it is that they're doing. And I like a good Microsoft Edge, personally, Adam. Fuck you, Terry. What? <laughs> and you search with Bing, don't you? Well, that's only because it's, the, it's automatically where my page goes. Microsoft Edge. My browser goes there, and I don't. Is Bing bad? I thought that's what we did. We Bing it. 
No, no. No one says we bing it. From now on, every time you say stand and bang, I want you to say stand and bing. Stand and bing. So, look, let's let's move back to, to the regular podcast now. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, I know we just lapsed back into joking. Again, rebuild Matt, M-A-T-T, Rauscher, R-A-U-S-C-H-E-R, on GoFundMe. That's not Kickstarter. That's GoFundMe. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Adam. Penises. Yes. <laughs> That's and now we're back. And now we've bro- and now we've broken the ice. Yeah. Okay. Topic three. Penises. That would be painful. For what? Wait, breaking maybe, ice to maybe, break the ice. Maybe for you. Have you ever got your tongue, your tongue stuck to like a, a metal pole or something? No, I don't like where this is. Because I was schooled in England, so I don't go around licking fucking lampposts. <laughs> <laughs> He's got you there, dude. <laughs> I have seen you with your tongue stuck to shit, Dan. You need to stop talking. <laughs> not, not literal. Yeah, I mean, right. internet. You two have known each other for a long time. <laughs> not, yeah. not literal shit, internet. <laughs> hey, no, man. Some people are in that, and that's all right. There's no shame in here. Okay, Dan? Um, <laughs> can we move on to creative builds? Please. Sure. <laughs> for fuck's sakes. Uh, why don't we... Not yet. When I say... Why don't we roll initiative so we can... God... Damn, 17 see. and a 2. See how I just and a three. submitted God to that? Well, I'm going second on whatever it is we're talking about. I want to talk about how to use uh, archetypes creatively, uh, how do we how we can counter some stereotypes, uh, throw in some unique character flavor, and I know when we do these things, sometimes we'll um, go specifically on one thing hard or maybe touch a little bit of everything. So I'll let you guys decide how you want to do it. After that, after all this, then we'll talk about uh, a single new creative idea for a character, as is tradition. But... Um, Adam, I believe you're going first. All right. I've focused a lot on The Elder tonight on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big thing that I want to say uh, for how to use the archetype creatively here is to look at where your um, where your fighter is coming from. And a lot of people, it is the most martial of the martial classes. Barbarians are out in the wilderness and rangers are hunters, right? And they've all got these archetypes. The archetype for fighter is you are a soldier. Yeah. You're a town guard, you are in a militia, you are in a, you are nice. a lieutenant, or whatever it is, right? I find the paladin tends to get knight even more than, than fighter does, but it does happen, especially when you go into the uh, cavalier subclass. Cavalier. Cavalier. It's French. Terry supports me. We. Oui. <laughs> C'est bon. Yeah, we support each other. Hi. Right. <laughs> anyway. So, so cavalier. So, um, no, cavalier. So, when you... Why is it cavalier? <laughs> so when you are thinking about the archetype and you're thinking about the militia or the the soldier or the town guard stop and think about I think I say embrace it don't break that trope but why do you no longer serve right what happened because one of my favorite things is to, is to give the DM a nemesis. Having the corrupt captain that forced you to do something that you regret and you've left. And you've given up on, on the militant way of doing things. And now you're looking into maybe dabbling with magic a little bit. right? So now you're into the Eldridge Knight. Or you've decided that you're never going to let this happen again. So you're going to try to control other people in battle and be the battle master. Or you're going to be the champion that... Uh, I have my will and my willpower, and I'm going to impose it. I'm going to be the best fighter I can so people can't challenge me. I don't know what that what was. What was that? Was that beer in the fridge? I think it might have been in the fridge. Either that or there's a ghost. Oh, it's Daffod under the table. He's drunk. 
<laughs> again on his Cronenberg. Uh, anyway, so so my big suggestion is to look into not who you were. One of the greatest things that they um, that I've read recently is that a soldier does not define who you are. Mm. When you see the soldier archetype, a lot of people like the background specifically in in D and D, a lot of people tend to focus on it. We shouldn't. We should not focus on that being the defining aspect of who a human being is. So find out why they were this thing in their past, and why they are now something different. Whether it's champion and they become a gladiator, or they've gone battlemaster and they're they're trying to right the wrongs and lead others and be their own leader, or they're an eldritch knight and they've gone to the arcane um, spells and whatnot in order to to. to learn something new about the world or give them an edge that they didn't have back then, whatever it is, think about this. Think about where you came from. Not, you are not your job. That's my, that's my answer here. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting, what I would consider an Eldritch Knight character in the second Dungeons and Dragons movie that was... Uh, Wait, the there's f- a second Dungeons and Dragons There are three movie? of them, actually. Is there really? Yeah, and they are a series. Like, the second movie is You're a talking sequel about to the, the really one. bad one that came out like 2019. Oh, yes, yeah, way, way back in the day. But there's, a, there's been two more since there's then. There's been two more since then. One of them was released, but it was straight to DVD but available in the US the other which is a third one which is straight to DVD not available in the US they won't release it overseas <laughs> it's just over in Europe really yeah but Good. anyways keep it you bastards the second the second Dungeons and Dragons movie <laughs> hey. wasn't as bad as the first to be completely honest it wasn't it was still terrible the acting was bad and the budget was low but it uh, wasn't terrible. And the main character in that is this former captain of the Queen's Guard who is now the head tax collector. Not even tax collector, just the head tax man. So he sits there while a nobleman is just rattling off numbers to him, looking out into a fa- like a, a training field, just longingly wanting to go back to those uh, days. As a character concept, I preach. love that, where you are, you know... You have these. You finished your tour of duty. You went home. You went home, and you've moved on to your with your desk job, and now you have been called forward to brandish steel once again. Can't wait to go home. Can't wait to go back. Yeah, yeah I love it. Oh man, I like that. Well, I believe I was actually going second down, but thank you very much for. Was no, that no, 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 no. I was just adding on to Adams. That was not mine. Oh, that sounded like you were giving. Okay, <laughs> um, I love what you said there, Adam, about the man, the man behind the mask, behind the helmet. Essentially, you're more than your job. Who are you uh, inside? Uh, and that's really kind of what I want to touch on is, as far as how to, to break archetypes. It's to not just be the the, the, the soldier, the knight that, that wants to go into battle, but maybe somebody who has to. Maybe they don't uh, feel completely aligned with the cause, but they feel some sort of family duty or they feel that um, it's necessary that they do. Maybe they're, they're treating it as some sort of penance that they go in. They're punishing themselves and that's why they throw themselves into the fray. I feel like that suits for a lot of your Oath of Redemption, Oath of uh, the Oathbreaker Paladin. It's a lot of the, the Paladins feel it, that way as well. It can be. But, but it can definitely be fighter as well. Yeah, 100%. but you don't, it doesn't have to need to have a, a religious alignment to it either, a religious connotation. It, no, can, no, it could be your personal moral you know it can be it can be self-loathing you know there's people that you know that don't think that they deserve to be here they deserve to be in there you know what we're saying we're saying look at your flaws your traits your bonds and your ideals yes and that's where you should be building your fighter and, from. and, and, and build your fighter from there 
Absolutely. Instead of just look look beyond the armor. And I'm telling you that from experience because I have played a fighter character that was all about the symbols and the family history and the armor and where did he come from. And I am proud of this. That went through a transition of I've decided I hate those people. I've decided I hate this. I'm loyal to this person only and I will do anything to, to kill whoever hurts them or get them back. So, yes, I agree. Look behind the mask. Uh, and look at the ideals, the flaws, and the and the uh, and the other character traits. Yeah, I also for my answer to this one is I would look at the real world usefulness of a fighter. By real world, I don't mean like our actual real world, but I mean like the standard person in Dungeons and Dragons, the standard commoner level person, isn't casting spells, right? Isn't slinging magic back and forth. They are commoners they are they don't even own a sword they don't even own a sword the fighter class is the you know it is the first step of entrance in all of the classes all the other classes require a lot of additional special training and stuff like that and then there's a little bit of that inside the fighter as well but it is kind of that entry door class so it's got a lot of real world like street level practicality to it i find that the rogue would have that as well the rogue has that a little bit as well yeah and um so i look at the fighter as people are either dipping into fighter or or are going into fighter because they're street thugs or they're they're something along those lines right like they're they're bruisers they're brawlers and like your brawlers aren't monks they're getting drunk they're they're fighters if they're anything right so i would go in that path where there's a very real practical nature to it so in terms of population within the world i find fighters are going to be at the top the population is going to be mostly fighters or fighter types right um, and then everything else is going to branch down from there, just because it's got that easy, easy gate of access to it. Yeah. So that that's what I view when I see the fighters. Like I look at the practicality of it. So when I'm looking at creating a character for it, I'm looking at more. This character knew he needed this training, and he's supple- supplementing his more special things with this fighter training. Yeah. Right. So honestly, that feels like the simple new player answer that's still it's still completely legitimate i think it's legitimate i think that we can go deeper with it as well i uh, i agree with what you said dan i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just saying that that's a good place to start yeah so that's that's where i'm that's what i'm saying i think that when you're playing a level one fighter that's a good place to start when you get to roll up your level eight fighter you can go a little deeper you could go a little deeper yeah. yeah but you you could go a little deeper in that path with that in mind right like i started here well, yes. and then here's the logical progression from there that makes me into this level eight character as right? much as a monk or a wizard is all about where you came from like every rogue started on the streets right and like yeah. fighters also need to have a sense of their personal history yeah and i think that's all that's what we're all saying here, yeah right and and a lot of them are going to be you know either my country had a draft or uh this was the best way to feed my farming family right is to join the army so it, you could go that route with it like it's a very practical entry level thing i also like the character just hell-bent on revenge they 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 came through the mountain in um in Game of Thrones. Thank you. My God, I almost said Lord of the Rings. And then I'm like, no, it's not Lord of the Rings. It's Lord of the Rings. Shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the Hobbit. Yeah. Which RR is is this? Is it George yeah, or Jay, right? right? So um, anyway, the mountain. Rode through my village, burned it down, and I am hell-bent on revenge. Right? The hound was a fighter. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so that's, I don't know, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, you know your past. 
You don't necessarily need to be drafted. You can just be like, I trained with the best fighter out there, right? Like Arya got her levels in fighter by being with the Hound. Mm-hmm. She didn't get training. She was just with him. Yeah. Right? And just so, watched him, observed, yeah, learned. So. Awesome. Well, we haven't rolled dice enough this episode, so I'm going to say let's roll it again for when we bring our new and creative character idea. Okay. Um, so if you guys are ready, can we go on the count of three so we don't knock each other's dice? Okay. Okay? It's one, two, three, go. Okay. One, two, three, go. Adam? I got a five and I won. I got a natural one. And you lost. I have gone three. last this entire It's been a little rolling episode. game, really, hasn't it? Uh, you know, I've been doing all right. Game. Episode. <laughs> all right. Game. Life's a game, Dan, really, when you think yep. about it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my creative idea um, for a fighter is the the bouncer at the tavern. Oh, do go on. Everybody starts off in a tavern, right? That's that's we did an episode called like about taverns, right? This is or we didn't it was in the beginning, right? Yeah. Um, but this is the stereotype and well why did everybody come together? The bouncer is a low-level street thug that legitimized or, you know, was in the military for one level. He was a private. By the time that he got trained up and went to war, the war was over. And now he's making a life as the bouncer. And he's the one that's there that, that has got a little bit more martial training than the average person. Right. And um, he joins the party because when the party burns down the tavern... You just have a job. <laughs> he's out of a job, right? And that's just it. That so, would be a great... Um, backstory for a character in that the last party burned down my yeah. tavern and so I'm in this one. Yeah, and so I, I like the idea of the bouncer that signs up because the blacksmith daughter got taken and, you know, I like the blacksmith. He's in here every Friday night. Yeah. Of course I'm going to sign up and help you. And honestly, as a player, I would sit at the table and be like, I have a secret character coming in. And the DM just runs the bouncer as an NPC for the entire first session until you get the call to action to go off the war. And then and the bouncer's going to come with you. And everyone's like, we don't want the bouncer. And then the guy steps up with his character sheet and says, but you have him. <laughs> and I, I think that's fun. Yeah. So, I don't know. My idea is the bouncer at the tavern joins the party. I like it. And then you get the tavern brawler makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, it does. I like that. So, anyway, that's... that's Uh, My answer um, is linked to the purge and some other things I like to talk about. And just bear with me on this. I like the idea of someone very sadistic, even a serial killer type. You? Me. No. Terry? My goodness. Why? Why? Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, but... Adam is shaking his head. I'm thinking almost like it's got kind of like a Dexter approach in that they're saying to the party, look, I have a thing. I have a demon, metaphorical, inside me. I need to release this. No, metaphorical. Metaphorical. Okay. Not a literal demon. And I need to release this. I need to purge this. You have your goals. I will not hurt you. I will defend you. But I am looking for those opportunities to release, to purge. I feel like this is when you can pull out your orc or your hobgoblin race as well. Yes, true. But I would say shy away from, just because you said orc, shy away from uh, leaning towards barbarian. This is not rage to this person. This is art. This is this cold is a, and methodical. This is cold and methodical. This would be like a symphony to them of how how they perfectly plunge the spear in and then perfectly spin to the next one to backhand them um, across the face. This is like an opera to them as they go this through this battle. This is momentum, just right. with long swords. Yes. 
Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so I feel I, like he's a chronic masturbator as well. <laughs> well, that would that would not show self control. No, that, that's that's your uh, pyromancer avocationist wizard, right? Yes, because yeah, that yeah, would yeah, not yeah. show self control, right? Okay, right. So, but for them, they are perfectly they're, they're almost like that Hannibal type character where they're very much put to, <laughs> put together. Yeah. Nope, not that one. <laughs> But yes, I see what you're saying, but not the Anthony Hopkins one, um, where they're very much put together. They're just completely truthful. I need to do this. I need to purchase. It will not be you. So long as you can provide me with these opportunities and I will protect you to the best of my ability. But I take genuine enjoyment from this. I, I think that you're going to try to find a way to get medicine as a proficiency just so you can dismember the bodies afterwards. Oh, yeah. Because, well, that's the whole thing. I mean, take sage background with this guy. Some people like, out there, Dan, like the idea of drowning someone then reviving them just so you can drown them again. Some people out there need to go see serious professional help and lay down on the couch and talk to somebody. <laughs> and maybe should talk to their friends and cry into the, a shoulder. By the way, what Terry just said, the drown and then revive and drowning happened in... In our campaign, that happened in Curse of Strahd. Remember, remember, there was the guy that was on the boat, and we murdered him, and he fell off the boat, and then he climbed back up, and we murdered him again. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, that was it. Ooh. That's that's what we did. That was Who would have thought that a D and D campaign would have got so sexy? Just because we weird, weird. <laughs> just because, uh, just because I'm thinking about it. The skills that a fighter does get: acrobatics, animal handling. I guess it's for your mount. For the Cavalier. Yeah. Um, the uh, You get athletics. Fuck, history, which I guess is good for your nobility, your knights yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Insight, intimidation, perception, and survival. That makes all it of that. Seems to make sense. All of that makes Soldier yeah. type, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Dan, finishing up on you. Um, I'm... I. I kind of phoned it in with this answer, to be honest, because it's something I'm very familiar with. It is playing the battle master fighter that is a uh, master strategist. Um, he is a behind-the-scenes guy uh, as a ranged character. Um, it is my character, Loki. We've talked about him a bunch of times, but he is primarily a battle master fighter. He's a really good character, though. Yeah. My character did shit on him a lot, but... I thought the character was good. No, thank you. Um, so, Loki, and, and this is one of the things that I would pair, and uh, there's a couple of mechanics I'm going to bring in here that put these together. Um, there is the level 7 ability of a Battlemaster to sit down and talk and determine the weaknesses of something. Pair that with uh, your Inquisitive Rogue from Xanathar's. You pair those two things together, and you have a private investigator who could determine anything he wants to determine from anybody within a minute of talking to them. Um, And that is what I built Lockheed to be, was that private investigator rogue that sat down and talked to people and did that. And then our campaign went a wildly different angle. But but if you don't want to take Inquisitor, Mastermind also gives you a lot of Mastermind also does, yeah. But Mastermind gives you more role-playing and social, and Inquisitor gives you more battle. Uh, Yeah, Inquisitor and and pairing that with Fighter seemed to make more sense than going Mastermind with it. I know. Who who would want to be good at both both role-playing and combat? Dan, I'm just giving you shit. I'm just giving you shit. shit. Uh, Now... One of the things, like, with the history of Loki, the way I did it is he started off as a street urchin and a rogue. His his mother was a prostitute who had him. And then he fell in love with his adopted mother's daughter. And they fell in love and did their thing. But he was a street urchin that saw the opportunities that having a uh, position on the town's guard would open for him as a professional thief. So he would go in and he would, yeah, as a town's guardman, I will guard your house. And then he would just be the guy that broke in. So he played a corrupt 
town guard for years before his wife was like, no, you could be a good person. So he started trying to figure out how to be a good person, all that, and then they had a daughter, and things went. Yeah, things spiraled from there, there. but but started off from that. But it started off as a I was a rogue who then went into fighter and uh, learnt how to tactically avoid and distract things with his battlemaster abilities to open up availabilities for him to steal things, yeah, and break into things and control everything around him. Right, and that's why he did it because his life was shit. Otherwise, so he's very control oriented. I, I just love the character. Yeah. He's, uh, I was Adam and I were sitting down and talking, and like this is one of the longest I've sat and played a character in a very long time. And in recent memory, he's up in the top three of my favorite characters. Yeah, I've ever he's made. great. He's, he's an interesting character as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, team. Well, him and his fifteen accents. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, man. It was all right. Did you hear me try to do a French accent for all that time? Oh, my God. <laughs> actually not bad at a French accent. No, it, it, I think it, uh, it changes from various French-speaking parts of the world, but whatever. <laughs> slipped it's in weird a, when you go down to Haiti. Slipped into German a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't even begin to impersonate that accent, to be honest with you. Okay, team, unless anyone's got any final thoughts, we can wrap this thing up. It's weird that we all like fighters so much. I really figured that it would be the love one. Fighters. Yeah, it, I thought that it would be the one that everyone would kind of go. You know what? I want something more interesting. I want my gnome warlock. I want my my freaking ASMR war cleric. Why I, do you think it is? What do you think it comes down to that makes us enjoy it so much? It is so bland. You get to inject all of your flavor into it. Yeah, this is one of the only classes where you can build the flavor from the ground up. Yeah, where you it's like wizard as well, right? You there's a blank slate. All you know is that you went to school for one level worth of worth of knowledge and then you went out adventuring right that's it I think so you can do whatever the fuck you want with that background it's not built in with your I'm an outlander or a hermit because I'm a ranger barbarian yeah, I'm an urchin because I'm a where it's, you feel like you have to go down a certain direction yeah well and, and the thing is like you, you play warlocks you play those other classes and, and rangers and a lot of people do the oh I was born under a sign or I'm the secret king or something like that a fighter is I was a farmer, and I came in as a farmer. Can I just say, though, that now that we've said that, Aragorn was a fighter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? He was a ranger. He like They what? call him a ranger, but he was a fighter. No, he was a ranger. He, what, what? Action surge. Boromir was a fighter. Uh, Aragorn is a ranger. He tracks. Aragorn was a battlemaster. Boromir was a champion. Uh, Boromir was a barbarian. No. No. He, he was, was not fighter. taking half damage when he was taking those arrows. He took all of that no, shaft. No, it was, it, was t- it was tactics and battle proficiency that he was using. It was combat. He wasn't... I don't know. Boromir had some anger issues. But it, it's... it's I, no, I, Aragorn is 100% a, a ranger. I disagree. I disagree with you. And not just because I tend to. It's not like I know it's my default setting, but I disagree. Aragorn was the battle master. Aragorn was the he just he led people into battle. You're talking about Strider. I'm talking about the Return of the King. You're talking about it. Okay, they're two different, completely fucking different characters. Right. This is why I said Aragorn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that. Okay. So just for clarity's sake. Later, Aragorn. After he yes. after he dies, when he has a moment... He when he the, throws on the plate armor, yes. yes. But until he throws on the plate armor, he's a ranger. But he was the secret king, was my, was my point. Yeah. Like, he's another one that that very much... I guess, yeah, you would you would make... Uh, 
You would make a ranger fighter hybrid to be Aragorn. That tracks. Yeah. Why not? Ah, clever. See what you did there. Oh, man. I've never read the Dark Tower book, so I have no idea. But if you guys are ready to wrap this thing up, we can give up. Oh, <laughs> Adam is about to murder no, you. Stump's you do not bring up the Dark Tower around Adam in any way other than what, high praise. Look, 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 when the Dark Tower movie came out, it derailed a D&D session so badly that Terry raged so hard that we decided to kick a player out. I'm not even joking. That legitimately happened. So oh. It was a quiet at-home rage to myself, but... Well, you're British. Your rage is more underneath the... And I think that's why yeah, That's when he puts down the teacup loudly. Yeah, that's when it's not a... That's where I apologize, and I just go, somebody else is annoying me, but I go, and I'm, I'm sorry, but that simply will not do. <laughs> now, you've gone to, and I'm sorry, but you are being very rude. Or, or it's the prolonged clearing of the throat. The, ha, ha. <laughs> just you know, we just clean cow cutlery awkwardly. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, team. That's it. I'm invading <laughs> India again. <laughs> <laughs> we are good at that. We are good at that. Yeah. Uh, okay, team. Okay, team. Well, uh, we'll do individuals first. So you can find me personally, Terry at SendNoobsDND on Instagram. You can find Adam to my left at Rusty Styrofoam. That's all one word. You can find Dan to my right, Amadouat, at... Pardon? Did you just call yourself... Never mind. <laughs> I heard Amadouat. Tw- three, three, three times. Three times. My God. I'm saying it three times. Amadouat. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> On my Maybe right. one appears like that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my fine hat. Uh, no. Uh, at Oscar underscore the underscore oh. orc. All with Ks. Dan, let's get it out. Okay. How long is he? Okay. Uh, and you can find all of us at... It's a mimic. Why are you doing that? <laughs> you missed that. Boom, it's on your head. What did you no, do? Yeah, do yeah, you think, Terry? Come on. Okay. You find us at It's a Mimic on Instagram or It's a Mimic DND on Twitter. Info at It's a Mimic.com or www.itsamimic.com. And good night. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. So I discovered yesterday with Charlie that there's a Beetlejuice musical Broadway production. I'm Fucking sorry. What? Yes, please. Yeah, and we listened to the entire soundtrack is available on YouTube, and we listened to it, and it has such such wonderful such wonderful songs such as "Dead Mom." Dead Mom. <laughs> the song. And Somebody out there wrote "Dead Mom." And, yeah, and wrote performed it, and it's like. Dead mom, dead mom. Oh my fucking god. Oh my god. It is the best thing. We, is it, is we it, sat on my couch and is just it better listened. or worse for songs than Team America because they were. America. It, 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 it's about on par. My favorite thing about it is that Beetlejuice himself seems to be aware of it and he keeps referencing. There's a line he says over and over again that this is a story about death and he just keeps going on and on about it. Like, But it's. The jokes, the puns, and it's just the song. And I had to actually look up the Wikipedia breakdown of it because it was so fucking strange. There's one that's just called Girl Scout. And it's about how a Girl Scout is finally excited because the Girl Scouts have really helped her. And she's out of the house. She's going to sell cookies. And her arrhythmia is not going to hold her back. And one solid scare will kill her. But her parents have finally let her out. And she's going to go knock on the door. And I'm like, 
What is happening? What it is the fuck? darkest fucking that thing. That is dark. It's, it's it's beautiful. Terry, you will love it. You need to listen to that in your drive home. I like it. Yeah, Dan, it, it's going to make you go, oh shit, and turn it off. <laughs> the Beetlejuice musical. The Beetlejuice Broadway musical. It's on YouTube, and the whole thing is up there. And I wasn't allowed to watch Beetlejuice as a kid because he said hell in one episode. Well, that's the cartoon oh, show. Dang. My God, really? Yeah, yeah. God damn. Oh, God damn, indeed. I would like to go back in time and just force you to be normal. This explains... Uh, <laughs> actually, no, no, no. This explains all of the sexual repression. R- real quick. Adam and his brother were the uh, sat down and they were stunned that I had never seen an episode of South Park. So they forced me to watch the entire first season of South Park in their house back when we were like... I don't remember this. In high school. Um... Oh, sat down back when, back when fart and shit was funny right? yeah yeah well, yeah there's still, definitely a progression across South Park yes but but uh, it was like the entire first season of South Park and made me sit down and watch it as like the the sheltered kid how was it oh like I, I'm not a fan of South Park I never have been but you know I, I could see how people enjoy it oh I'm you, sorry yeah. I thought this was American yeah <laughs> I think you should you should try the later seasons where it's actually satire and not just shit and cock jokes yeah, yeah. they definitely moved on they're, they're actually very clever well it's funny because I was saying to Charlie when we were watching the Beetlejuice or listening to the Beetlejuice musical um, that the South Park uh, guys the creators mm-hmm. they I think they did Cannibal the musical and they also did the Mormon Broadway yes, show they did, yeah. yeah right and so like the all of this goes very hand in hand and it's the same level of like oh my god can you say that shit yeah there are a couple of things that they that they say in the, the book of mormon though was hugely successful but yeah but my my favorite oh my god not uh, not amongst mormons my yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, a, small, anyway. that's a small percentage of people yeah. that you know that, that, they were they were enjoying like, anyway that's like ripping on the amish on a podcast like well they're never gonna fight they're, they're, they're not going the mormons are never going okay um i feel completely comfortable ripping on the aztecs right like who gives a fuck <laughs> But no, I think that the uh, that I would absolutely love to see the Broadway musical. One of their songs is called "Creepy Old Guy," oh and God. it's it's it it is. You need to experience it. I'm not even going to say anything. You just need to experience. it. I feel personally it. attached because I'm worried that's going to be me one day. You, yes, one day, Terry. Yeah, one day soon. <laughs> but I'm not old. I'm young. Yeah, but you're rocking the facial hair already for one. Thanks, man. You, if you were to shave the beard and just have the stash, that would be creepy Van Stark. I heard stash. that it's getting through quite thick now. To be honest with you, I'm getting more attention since I had this beard. Okay. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>